Hi, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Bridget. Hi, my name's Johnny. And we've seen all the movies! Welcome, everybody, to another very special episode of Fine, I'll Watch It, the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have, as you heard up top. My name is Adam, and I'm joined, as always, by... Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And the reason this is a very special episode is, number one, this is the 100th episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. So, first of all, it's you guys. Uh, Congratulations on 100 episodes. We should have got noisemakers. Pat ourselves into that. (laughs) Or just those, like, the spinny things that go, or the clappy hand, like the plastic clappy hands that we shake and they do the clap. Yeah. I didn't think about it. A rain stick. Yeah, anything. Just something to (laughs) make rain (laughs) stick. Something to make some kind of noise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the other reason this is a very special episode of Fine Out Watching, in addition to being the 100th episode, is this will also be, sadly, our final episode of final watch it we are uh getting a little busy in the life department and a hundred seemed like a nice clean round number so we're gonna kind of do this a little different we don't have a movie uh in place today as as you heard up top we've seen all the movies now that we had a long list we we went through them on uh since you heard from us last so that week we took off watched all the movies yeah Um, yeah it was real hard real marathon uh, I snuck out to the theater to see a movie just because it came out, so we got to make sure to see that one too. But today's going to be kind of uh, the dreaded clip show, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not in so much that there's clips from the show because I don't want to make that, <laughs> but we're just kind of go through and talk about some of our uh, favorites and, and not-so-favorites from the past 99 movies that we've watched uh, as part of this. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure there's 99. I, I don't think I doubled up on 80%. I'm pretty sure I double-checked that. But yeah, you guys uh, you guys excited for, for a special 100th episode? Excited yes. and, and sad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Excited yeah. to revisit some of the highs and lows of Fine, I'll Watch It. <laughs> uh, so we thought we'd start things off. Just Again, this is just going to be kind of a hodgepodge. We're going to go through it. Um, but one of the first categories of uh, the Fine I'll Watch It Awards, which is what I'm going to call this yes. now, uh, a very prestigious award. Uh, everybody's eligible from the oldest movie to the to the newest movie, all eligible for a Fine I'll Watch It Award. We'll, uh, we'll start with the most surprising uh, category, which is both movies that were surprising to you that you liked it, that you really thought you were going to hate, uh, or surprising movies that you really thought you'd like or at least tolerate and just just did it. So, um, Bridget, ladies first, I'll start with you. Do you have a particular film that we've watched so far these last couple of years that really surprised you one way or the other? I was very surprised by how funny Dumb and Dumber still was to me. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, that I was not sure going in whether it would, because I had never seen it, comedies in general age very quickly. Especially from the 90s. Especially from the 90s. (laughs) The 80s and 90s really tried really hard to not make it to now times in terms of being funny or being acceptable. (laughs) Right. It's a fast track. And that movie was awesome. Yeah. I was 
delighted the entire time. Famously, your mom had a no Jim Carrey policy in your this house. true, yeah. yeah. No tomfoolery, no buffoonery. No buffoonery whatsoever. Yeah. Big, big X. But I didn't inherit that gene, is what, <laughs> what that movie taught me. We did, we did talk more recently that you think you might be coming to that period of, I won't sanction buffoonery. I forget what movie it was. Within the last couple of weeks where you're like, I was really close to not accepting this. <laughs> Turn into your mother, but oh yeah, that, in so many ways, it just it's a rapid, rapidly climbing up the the bell curve <laughs> of Kathleen. I remember being worried that episode that like she's not gonna like this. This seems oh, yeah. like a dumb the, the toilet humor, all yeah. that stuff would become. Mm-hmm. I could sense the tension in the room too, <laughs> of like, oh my god, and like. Like, she's not only not going to like it, but she's going to be so mad. She's going to ruin it for everyone <laughs> as soon as we get on mic. Um, you know, it's Farrelly Brothers. Uh, it's a lot of gross-out humor, but it's also a lot of just... You have to be smart to be that stupid. Mm, yeah. Um, right. And I think that's... What I really enjoyed. Like, I had written down one of the lines. Um, we got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling <laughs> off. <laughs> Just like, what yeah. a treat. Delightful. They are so dumb in the movie, but the writing is the writing very clever. Is really, really like, clever. I, yeah. That's one of my favorite ones. One of my favorite ones is when the cop is telling him to pull over and he says, It's a cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. <laughs> Fucking love that. Like, so, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And you almost have to, you have to know better in order to be able to go there with a lot of the things. So it's like, okay, we know this is bad. We know it's in bad taste. It's like every dad joke where like, you know, it's bad. You know, it's going to land with a thud. Right. And you just need people to be in the exact right mood to like get on your wavelength. Cause right. you could tell a dad joke and everyone just like, shut the fuck up. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Don't talk to me ever again. Sure. And then sometimes you're like, all right, all right, that was fine. I hate you for it. But yeah. Fine. yeah. <laughs> uh, good. Well, I'm, I'm super glad you like that because that's always been a favorite film of mine. Probably one of my very early, like, I love Jim Carrey moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all of 1993, basically. Sure. Because banger yeah, after banger after banger. So that was that was good that you were able to come into that and not hate us for subjecting you to 90 minutes of buffoonery. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Johnny? What's something that uh, surprised you that you had never seen before that, that we showed to you for the first time? Um, originally, I had Thief on my list because I was I, – I think I went in not expecting a hell of a lot from that movie and was sort of blown away by how uh, like raw and to the point and blunt and I don't give a fuck what you think about ending. Like mm-hmm. it just – it was awesome. It was uh, – very violent in parts towards the end, which I'll get into later when we talk about some other moments. Um, but in thinking about it, I almost want to push Thief just a little bit aside, and I want to say Saturday Night Fever is probably my biggest, like, holy shit, like, it's not my favorite movie we've seen on the podcast by Same. any means, but the impression that I had was g-rated movie about capitalizing on the fat of disco Mm -hmm. and just number after number after number and what we got was something akin to like taxi driver yeah that was raw had the 
the drugs and the sex and the language and the cursing that came with being in that group, being in that environment. And the part that I worried about maybe the most going into it with just the disco numbers were like some of my favorite sequences in the whole movie. Um, they were shot well and John Travolta's like legit a good dancer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it was fucking funny, man. Like we're going to, I'll get into some shit later on. We, we all will, I, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something later on in all three of our lists that we will get into, but really funny. Uh, love the sort of Italian family dynamic, uh, lower, uh, income class family living in like Brooklyn or the Bronx or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Always enjoyed that. Yeah, just a dick swaggering type of movie. Just well, right from the get, we just and, yeah. uh, right up front, right up front, <laughs> immediately first shot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just I like movies that like you either you get on its wavelength or like like get off the bus. You know what I mean? So this is one of those movies I think. But again, like I said, I just I thought it was more genial and clean and a more popular movie in the sense of like a Grease or like something else where it's just. A little more tamer. It's a little more accessible. This I I can't imagine. Like even all my parents, all our parents were recommending Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, it's so everyone's like, mom's it's, favorite. Yeah, movie. everyone's mom's favorite movie. And I'm watching. This, I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Even after watching it, I told my mom we watched. She's like, Oh my god, I love that movie. And I'm just like, That movie's super fucked up. Yeah. Like, you realize it's not just like a fun. Do you remember it? Yeah. It's not like a fun poppy dance disco rom-com which is because i put this on my list for surprising as well yeah um i have another one that i'll go over but for the exact same reasons you said is that i thought it was you know parents favorite movies yeah moms talk about it travolta is a heartthrob and was in greece around the same time so right it's gonna be more like greece and not more suicides and rape which yeah is like backseat rapes yeah correct <laughs> Yeah, I just always group this movie into, like, movies that I would say fall into what McDonald's would hand out in the, like, late 80s and 90s as, yeah. like, a part of, like, buying $20 worth of food. Like, yeah. Dances of Wolves and other shit that they used to, they used to uh, hand out in, in lieu of a toy to the adults. Yeah, it's the, um, it's, you know, the throw it on the coach bus during a field yes. trip type of movie. Correct. It's a, I thought it was going to be an airplane viewing movie and, like, that's something, like... I think would not make the mark as far as content that you would put public viewing with kids and other people like in a public transport on a bus or a plane. I might still be a little hesitant if I was watching on like one of the personal seat back screens on a plane. Oh, right. And I'm walking like, because if the person next to me looks over and sees violent backseat rape, I'm going to be like, no, it's it's a movie about disco. Don't look. <laughs> Yo, there's a whole conversation there because, like, every time I've been on a plane recently where everyone has that, that personal TV and I'm going through things that even I want to watch despite it being, like, an 80-minute flight. Like, people are dropping the needle on, like, Interstellar, which is, like, three hours. <laughs> but, like, is the movies that are on there that, like, I know I've seen that have, like, graphic nudity. Like, some the guy next to me is, like, about to watch Basic Instinct. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, you do that if you are in the last row of the plane, right? Yeah, you don't need to watch Silence of the Lambs Correct. on the way to Chicago. Correct. You on don't. An, on an international flight, I watched one of the Matrix sequels back when they came sure. out. Because, like, I missed one or both because I didn't really care. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, whatever, I'll watch Rev- Revolutions or re- re- whatever it was. Uh, and, and it's the one, of course, it's the one with the giant orgy scene. Yeah. Oh, so right. maybe the third one. And I just remember, like... Thank, like, almost thank goodness I'm with my family because they won't ask any questions. But, like, also, 
if they look over, they'd see me watching a giant orgy. Yeah. So. It's like you're telling the guy in front, he's like, dude, can you recline your seat for like five minutes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get that fucking thing out of the way for a minute. You know, I need them to add like swivel. Yeah. Just enough so the viewing angle can be cut off. So I I'll can... deal with my knees being crushed for five minutes out of an yeah. embarrassment for watching boobies on a fucking United Flights <laughs> plane to fucking New York. <laughs> Yeah, very surprising movie. Very surprising movie, but yeah, that was, I'd have to say, is the most surprising out of the, the 100 that we saw. How what about you, Adam? Yeah. Uh, so that was my number one. Okay, sorry uh, for that. No, that's okay. Uh, it's. I mean, it makes sense because both of us in the episode were like, I, okay. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> Not what I thought. Uh, one of the ones that uh, surprised me a lot, in, in addition to this one, was actually Black Christmas. Because yes. I came away really liking that movie proto slasher film and i wouldn't have expected a christmas horror movie to work it worked way better than the other christmas horror movie we watched which like i forgot we watched until i was going through it adam i swear to god that was going to be my second surprise of when i was going through the list and i was like what fucking movie is this (laughs) yeah i took i better watch out i'm like was i sick i had to like google it i'm like have i seen this movie yeah some weird obscure 2017 christmas horror movie which like was kind of fun i don't really remember a lot about it other than the kids were violent maniacs but (laughs) black christmas was much better than that yeah i wouldn't have thought a christmas horror movie would have worked it worked really well all the scenes in the attic were creepy as fuck because they had that like weird doll in the attic the like heavy breathing first person view from the killer was really like had me on edge. And I think this was one that we watched separately during yes. quarantine. And I just remember like sitting there on the couch, like by myself, like blankets on because it's, you know, December and just like palms are the sweatiest they've ever been. Cause I was like, these sorority girls are getting fucking murdered yep. and they don't even know it. Right. And I'm scared for them. <laughs> <laughs> one of them has a shitty boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. That dude sucked. And this guy just comes, he's just looking for his daughter. They're all over campus and she's in the attic, like taped up or whatever. Yeah. I was surprised by that one too, how much I liked it. But I like in individual shocking moments, I had just the eye. Oh yeah. That's the old <laughs> when I think about the movie, I think of the eye, baby. <laughs> yeah, the eye. Because it was the eye through like the hinge or through like the doorway. The gap in the door. The doorway. What a shot. So like I can piercing. see it in my mind. It's piercing. I f- and I swear to God, like we all. What's that thing where you like mind? Like you astral project. We, I think the three of us astral projected into the same place and went. <laughs> ah! Like I feel like I oh, can yeah. like, hear all of us. Like yeah, like I we're like, like, we're, like we're triplets and we you. feel yeah. each other's like scream from yes! like three towns away. Oh my god! Just like I grab my chest. Like, I don't think Bridge is doing all right. <laughs> That's right. I feel Adam right now. He's not feeling well too either. Yeah. Yeah, I was worried for you guys. Yeah. (laughs) But I also really enjoyed that too because I really liked the movie Halloween and that was one of the horror movies I watched a lot growing up. And Mm -hmm. watching that and knowing that movie came out prior to that is pretty cool because there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, obviously that um, John Carpenter took and lifted from there and put into Halloween. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think that like, all of the tropes that we think of this genre were in two different movies based around two completely different holidays, one being spooky and one sure. one not being spooky. So, like, I didn't really think that there were a ton of spooky, you know, Christmassy movies. So when we wanted to have Zach on and do something that wasn't, you know, bright, colorful Christmas, 
I was like, okay, let's see what this... I'm not the biggest horror movie guy, as I've discussed uh, at length, but I, I, I couldn't believe that something got me that good and that enthralled when I easily could have tuned yeah. out a worse movie and probably did for... I already forgot the name of the movie. <laughs> right. Better watch out. Better yeah. watch out. Thank yeah. you. So that was on your list for a surprising one as well, because you just completely forgot it. I, I technically, I did its own most forgettable. <laughs> um, but I was, it really, I was like, did I do this? Like, I felt like a, like an alcoholic being like, did I hit a child with my car? Like, what do you mean I saw this movie? Yeah. Yeah, but I did, lo- like, really, really loved Black Christmas. Um, much more than I was expecting. And just, it's a great lens into sort of the anxieties of a woman of the 1970s too mm-hmm. right and i like even from a technical aspect like the less is more because mm-hmm. yeah. you just never saw that you just saw shots little things hands coming out with a knife or it was a hook in this one or what was the weapon of choice in this thing i don't even an ice pick maybe i don't even remember i think they no, were ice pick with basic ones. instincts yeah i think they were different oh like someone gets <laughs> i just see like a like a hand just like with a with, in the back with holding like a lamp like <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah you're probably right i think it was multiple uh apparatus because uh, i think it depended on what room they were in and how they were caught yeah. Uh, all the phone calls were creepy. Just mm, everything that's right. That's everything right. The phone it. calls. It just kept ringing and people wouldn't answer. And then they were having parties and just disappearing one by one. Just right. all really creepy stuff. Did you guys have anything else that really surprised you, good or bad? Oh, here's a, a two-part surprising moment. When Patrick Swayze throws the dog in point break <clears throat> during the chase. <laughs> but then... More importantly, when the VHS stopped working that during was on, the viewing, that was on my some of the greatest like moments. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's just I couldn't pick where to put that moment, and I think we should definitely talk about it. Either we can do it right now. We can do it right now if you want. Yeah. All right. So that is, I think, at the top, my most shocking and pretty close to my top for funniest moments yeah. on the show. It was. It couldn't have been more perfect. I don't like. I don't know how the tape. Like, wound up fucking up at that moment. Because normally when a tape fucks up, it's like the leg uncrossing scene of Basic Instinct. Yeah. Or uh, what when Nicole Kidman kissed Batman and Batman Forever or whatever. Like, it's it's always something that gets repeated over and over and over again. And that scene doesn't feel like you'd watch that over and over. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do see because it is like a chase sequence. And I did enjoy that sequence. I don't know if it's Sharon Stone yeah. line worthy, but... Someone must have thought that was the coolest fucking thing, and just played and it owned it. Again. Yeah, didn't didn't it wasn't like a rental. Owned it and just fucking did it all the time. Yeah, because like I would have anticipated the sex scenes in that movie to be the part that the tape gets a little wonky because it's been played over and over and over again. Not the pivotal gunshot moment of this fucking like movie. legit. That might have been the most like like climatic moment cinematically I think I've ever had in my life. Right? Yeah. I, th- I like I just it all culminated that. The tape, the the music going on, the tension in that scene, the tension in the room, mm-hmm. and then all of us screaming. Because <laughs> we could hear the gun. Because like, for those of you that don't, that didn't listen to the Point Break episode, but have seen Point Break, the scene where uh, Johnny is chasing uh, Bodie, 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 yeah, <laughs> uh, and he's trying not to get himself caught or whatever. And when the tape cuts out, it's right when. There's a gun. Someone's shooting at somebody else. 
And as a person who had never seen the movie before, I'm like, is Keanu Reeves dead? Is Patrick Swayze dead? Is somebody dead? I need to know. Because we could hear the gun and we couldn't see the aftermath. And then it just like smash cuts to like the precinct where Gary Busey's talking or something. I'm just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need to know what happened. I don't know. Did it even smash cut? I thought it just fucking just died on us. No, no, no. I'm saying. Black. No. It, the, like, like the movie cuts. Oh, oh, okay. Like, right, right, right. The movie doesn't dwell on the fact that someone just got shot. It's not like the, you hear gunshots, then you hear, Johnny, are you okay? Or, oh no, Bodie, are you all right? Like, yeah. it just moves to the next scene. But I'm still like mouth agape, eyes wide going, what the fuck just happened? Right. Yeah, I think the tape just died. It was like akin to hearing like a serial killer kill someone on the other end of the phone, like someone yeah. Yeah. that that character loves or whatever, and just being helpless. Yeah. And then the phone going, <laughs> beep, 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 and you're just like, oh my god. Hollywood will forever be chasing the dramatic tension I experienced in this movie yeah. <laughs> as a result of a hardware malfunction. It... it- Really, it was so cosmic because it is a great chase scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like having not seen it before, it's very tense. As I mentioned, Patrick Swayze throws a dog at one point. You like are just seeing it build and build and build. Your emotions are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then to have it cut out during the gunshots was unbelievable. Unbelievable. We were agog. Because then we had to go find like a digital version of it. And fast forward to that. And, like, we started the chase sequence over again so we could still feel the tension, but nothing nothing the rest of that movie could have topped right. what, what we experienced in the room. And it's one of those things where it's like, no one else will ever have that feeling. No. Unless, do you still have that tape? I was literally just going to say, I feel like I have something of value at home. Yeah. Yeah. Of real value. <laughs> like, if any, if any one of our friends ever said... I've never seen Point Break. I feel like we have... I feel like it's our duty to show them that tape specifically. Without giving them a fucking aota You don't get information. to know. You don't get to know anything. And no. then we have to pretend like we didn't know it was coming because you hadn't previewed the tape before we watched it. I had not... I forgot where we were around the room with who had seen it and who had not. I, I think I watched it the once and didn't really remember. Yeah. And I think you guys had not seen it at all. Yeah. No. So, I mean, it was still fresh, fresh. really for all yeah. of us. Yeah. But it's not like you had, you know, watched that tape a bunch. No. It was your t- copy from when you were a kid, and you knew that was coming. It just took everybody by surprise. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for cassette heads or whatever, I mean, there's only one really way to check a tape, and it's to look through and see if there's any sort of mold or, like, white shit on the actual tape material itself, the film. You're not necessarily if you don't see, see that, that, then, like, yeah. you're, like you, you pretty much have a good tape. Otherwise, you just don't really know. You're kind of just rolling the dice on a moment like that. Yeah. But. Great moment. Incredible. We'll savor it yeah. for any, many years. <laughs> any other uh, surprises from you, Johnny, in terms of likes or dislikes in a, in a movie? I have to think about it, to be honest with you. Okay. I really only just thought about the one real big surprise movie. Yeah, no I have I have the shocking moments of we'll go we'll go there or yeah. segue into that, but as a whole as a whole movie experience, I think Saturday Night Fever was definitely one that I was like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I only put down one other one, so we'll, we'll cover that, and then we'll go into some favorite sure. some favorite moments. And I know it kind of seems weird, given most of the things that we watch were older, but Top Gun Maverick had no business being as good as it ended up being. Yeah, I agree. For a movie 30 years on, that really, I guess people probably clamored for a sequel for, but it definitely didn't need one. 
Um, and so we obviously covered it because Zach had never seen the original. And so we watched both and watching both back to back. And even though they have their similarities and Top Gun Maverick is basically the first Star Wars <laughs> in terms of the ending, like that movie had no business being as fun or as good as it was. And it really surprised me that I enjoyed it as much as I did and ended up seeing it a second time in a theater experience. So that was one of the other real big surprises for me was that I expected very little and got quite more than I bargained for. Yeah, that's definitely on a short list of movies post-pandemic that like makes you think about the need or the warrant of going out to a venue to see a movie on a large canvas. And that movie does that because it's so well shot and the sound and everything. That's what I took away from that movie, like how blown away I was about the aerial shots and all that. I knew the corny stuff was going to be there. They were going to tap on everything that worked from the first one, Mm -hmm. put it in this one. I suppose that's really just the problem or the issue with most rehashes or reboots is they're going to just mash it with things that worked in the first one. But where in the first one where I think they were limited to what they can do uh, in the sky and with cameras and technology, even though back then everyone was, you know, you got to see it because of all the, the dog fights and everything. Here it was just incredible. So, yeah, I agree, Adam, definitely... And it was good going to see it with the group. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. Go yeah. out to the theater together is always a great, fun experience. And some of the other newer movies we watched were during the pandemic. So we watched them on HBO Max and didn't get to like go out and see a movie together. Mm. Um, so that was that was something that I figured would be fun anyway. But the movie being good was what, was what really <laughs> right. surprised me because it could have just been garbage start to finish. Sure. So um so yeah we'll we'll move on there from uh most surprising likes or dislikes i guess we didn't have any real dislikes other than again the christmas movie that i will never remember the name of. <laughs> uh so let's jump into some favorite moments either from the show or from the movies themselves i mean we already talked about our favorite most surprising podcasty moment of the of the tape but what are some of the other ones that you guys had either from recording the show watching the movie or the movie itself that really was like holy crap! I can't believe I just saw that or experienced that. All right, I'll I'll jump in first. Yeah, and this is sort of bottom of the list, but I'm glad I remembered it because I thought it was something we all equally enjoyed, especially in a movie that we all thought wasn't that great for most of it. But the drop from Operation Dumbo <laughs> Drop. Yes, that was on my list too. <laughs> like the moment it happened, talking about it afterwards. <laughs> Thinking about it now. Thinking about it now. <laughs> I don't think we talked really about anything else in that movie other than the drop. That's what you go. It's what you go to Operation Dumbo Drop to see. Right. I mean, first of all, it was ridiculous in and of itself that we decided that the Ray Liotta movie we needed to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm trying to think of the genesis of why the fuck we even wanted to watch that beginning. Because Ray Liotta had passed. R.A.P. Uh, you know, pour one out. And we're like, you know what? We've seen the good fellas. We've seen the good stuff that he's done. You know, let's let's watch something obscure that still kind of has a chance to be I mean, Dennis Leary, Danny Glover, Ray Liotta, like it had potential to be a pretty decent based on a true story Disneyified yeah. history movie. And it was meh to bad. For most of it. Yeah. But but when we got the drop. Ugh. I mean. It was kind of worth the ride. Oh, absolutely. Because it meant, it meant so much more because we sat through so, so much worse leading up to it. That like when we finally got an elephant in a 
crate with a parachute. It just the it just funny worked. the funny thing there were so many things going along the movie where like oh this must be we're getting the drop right now or this is what they mean like when the elephant like somehow gets off the bridge onto the boat yeah I'm like was that the drop <laughs> was that the operation did we miss it <laughs> did we miss it uh, so I was worried that it'd be one of those movies where I think even touched on Kangaroo Jack or some other movies that advertise this big scene in the movie it's on the poster and at the end of the day it is. Five, it's like thirty seconds of the movie. Yeah, they give us also. They give us like the drop. How long it actually would take for an elephant to drop from a plane to the ground? Yeah, it's real time. Extensive. Real time. And you're seeing the Ray Liotta stunt person flying. The trunk is whipping in the breeze. <laughs> there is so much. So, it's, yeah, it's, aren't it's they so, like shooting at it too? So it's in real danger. Like, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, I just. I, rem- I, I remember, remember being scared for it. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do remember like a like a, a hybrid mix of shots that looked completely wonky and silly, and then others were like, "That legit is an elephant falling from the sky." <laughs> the fuck are they doing? They toss a fucking animal out of the plane, a very heavy animal. Oh my god! And I think we talked about during that episode. Like, I I am not. I don't want to see animals in peril mm-hmm. ever. You couldn't even hold your shit together for that. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't. So, like, and so much of that movie up to that point is such a slog. Oh, yeah. So many poor choices. The but shit that's supposed to be funny isn't funny. Right. The shit that's supposed to be sad isn't really sad. Oh, yeah. And isn't the there, mo- like, some kid they're dragging around There's the whole movie? There's a kid there, yeah. too. But the moment... That cargo bay door <laughs> opens and that elephant goes sliding oh, yeah. out. It's like I, I I was a new person. Yeah, you can be <laughs> yeah, a board member on PETA and you still laugh at that fucking <laughs> shit. Bridget's gonna categorize her life not by the milestones in it, but pre and post, post Dumbo drop. Dumb drop, yeah. Yep. <laughs> post drop. Oh, that's a good one. So yeah, that was easily one of my favorite ones on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have it listed in my notes as the titular Dumbo Drop. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to that, not a drop, but a dive. Mm. Oh, yeah. When Shelly, <laughs> when Shelly Winters dives in the Poseidon Adventure to I go have it right rescue. Here, the dive. <laughs> the dive. God, the that movie's di- good. That is, yeah, another great one that also i knew i knew for some reason i felt the movie was going to be good or enjoyable but that i would suppose could be on the surprise list yeah because it was like i don't know it was just awesome yeah yeah at no (laughs) point was i it doesn't give you time to get bored you get enough of an introduction to everybody that you kind of know what their deal is yeah and then the boat is upside down yeah yeah, and then they're just kind of going from room to room to room, and we're just losing person after person after person. And the one person we pegged as being, like, fodder yeah. for, like, the first room, it's like Legend of the Hidden Temple where you just, like, lose people. Like, yeah. Just going to lose people. Yeah. Who's going to have gone in this room or, like, an escape room? Yeah, right. Temple guards uh, will get you. Yeah. <laughs> but she made it to, like, the second to last room. She was there. She was there. And then you're like, she's going to make it. Oh, devastating. <sighs> But yeah, she went from like wailing old woman to like Olympic diver. <laughs> perfect form. Perfect form. And I love how the dress stayed like upright. <laughs> like it didn't fold over like, like an umbrella or something. It just 
stuck to her body like oh god it's the power of starch the power of, it is the power of starch <laughs> that was one of the uh one of the ones on my list from the performances section uh but ties into this movie was gene hackman just yelling about anything uh, in any oh, of the okay. movies we watch with gene hackman but especially yes. in the consoling the dead body you know scene after the like the dive is somewhat successful. They make it to the other side, but she doesn't. And then having to go back and tell, like, the husband, like, oh, she didn't make it. All devastating stuff. And, and Hackman absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Um, so just to piggyback from that movie specifically, something else that I had. Because um, that was pretty that was pretty nuts. Yeah. yeah. The moment that was the craziest for me, because I think I made us rewind it because I was writing notes when it happened, was when Harrison Ford jumps off the bridge or from the sewer into the river in The Fugitive. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. like, I look down to write a note after the I don't care <laughs> line, where he's like, I, I didn't do it. He's like, I don't care. And I'm like, that's funny. I, better oh, write yeah, I didn't down. kill my wife. And I then, don't care. And then I look up to just see the tiniest little, like, stick figure of a man <laughs> just cascading down a waterfall into a river. It looks preposterous. Just, just the bottom of tennis sneakers. Yeah, like, basically, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on, what? No, we gotta go back, I missed something. <laughs> How did we get here? When he was just, they were just having a conversation at gunpoint. How did he make it? Like, I'm pretty sure he was blocking, I don't, we have to, we just have to watch this yeah. over again, sorry. Which, Note taking goes wrong. Yeah, see, but you watch The Fugitive like a real fugitive head would do it, because you gotta rewind, because that's one of the best scenes of the movie. It is. Yeah. You gotta... And I think pretty much that moment is designed for that shock and awe of whether you just believe what your eyes just saw or you know it's a dummy and you still can't believe what you just saw because it just looks so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So uh, needless to say, we're surprised when things fall different than we expected. Because <laughs> you had the dive, you had the, the double drop. drop, I had the That's sewer so jump. Yeah. <laughs> When people jump and we're not expecting it, that is surprising to us here at Fine Out Watch It. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of doing funniest moments. Yeah, like, okay. it's kind of like just the greatest hits. Okay. The greatest... I have one that isn't funny, but I laughed every time, was anything to do with the Annette puppet. Oh. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's funny, but not in the way that we want it to be. Yeah. Because any time they, like, smash cut to that fucking puppet, especially when they cut to the puppet dangling over the Super Bowl or whatever they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I had the, the drone the Super drone Bowl, shot, yeah. the halftime show. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> so that was a surprising moment for me. It was any time the puppet came on screen. Because I think you prefaced it with, I don't know what this movie is, but everybody's talking about it. It's out now on Amazon, and it involves... Uh, I'm not even going to say you just I saw what it is because you saw a puppet and then they yeah, just watch it like, on the premise of there's going to be this puppet and the first time I saw the puppet I was like no, <laughs> no <laughs> what no because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the structure of that movie there isn't one there isn't one yeah Wait, he, I'm trying to remember the plot order like there isn't one there, okay <laughs> like Adam Driver like, makes a puppet daughter and then uh, sings about it Makes he, her sing about it or something. Yeah. And turns her into a rock star. It's he, like Simone, but with a puppet instead of AI. Yeah. Does basically. does the mom get murdered before or after we see the puppet? Does the puppet appear after? I think the puppet sees the murder. 
For some reason, I think the puppet like walks I in. I think so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sees her getting smothered or murdered or whatever. Is it Marion Cotillard who is yes. the wife? Yes. Yep. And she dies on a boat, I think. Yes. She gets pushed off. It's a... Right. So maybe the baby isn't around or whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. Unfor- like- unfortunately, I'm going to bring back this subject later on. Yes. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> But yeah, any anything to do with that was just surprising because like I knew the puppet was in it after we first see the puppet, but every other time we see the puppet was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the puppet was a one and done because why would you continuously put this freaked thing out here for us to look at? That's right. terrible and surprising. <laughs> um, another shocking one that I had, even though I I think I was the only one who had seen this out of the group, or no, I think you must have seen it too because. Uh, was the cut to black from Beneath Planet of the Apes. Yes, I had that one too. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love that. Oh, at the Such very a, end? This is the very end yeah, where yeah, just yeah. everyone just gets fucking rocked and then it just goes right to black and it's like, that was gnarly. That was great. I recorded, because I knew it was going to play well, I recorded Adam's reaction because I knew it was going to be that good. And it was. <laughs> oh, Jesus, do you have the audio? I do. Well, I'd have to go back to the, yeah. <laughs> but just of like, Charlton Heston being like, fuck it. Fuck oh, yeah. <laughs> Doing the bomb, the cut to black, and then the voiceover, like, somewhere in the universe, a tiny blue planet has been extinguished. <laughs> and, like, then it's like, that's it. And then it's like 20th Century Fox, 1974. Such a metal. Yeah, because they do credits go, at the boom. end back then. Yeah, yeah. And it's they're all at the beginning. Over. And I think you were just like, what? What the fuck did I just watch? What? Well, and that was such a departure because I knew the the big twist of the first Planet of the Apes because yes. yep. it's it's in everything The Simpsons, chief among them, where I would have first learned of that, uh, and then Spaceballs afterwards. Where mm-hmm. so like I knew the big conceit of the first one was that oh my god, it really is Earth, Statue of Liberty, the whole the whole nine yards. I had I knew nothing of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, so that like. Just switch and we're done. David Chase ending was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> How are we going to do six more movies? Yeah. yeah. The planet is gone. The titular planet. Yeah. The, 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 the titular <laughs> planet is gone. Couple favorite podcast moments. Uh, and this might call back to something later, depending on, on other people's lists. But coming back for the after part of short circuit and finding out and hearing Johnny react to us in real time moments after hearing that the name of the robot in the movie that he absolutely hated was also named Johnny, which you don't get until like minute 90 of the 90 minute movie was the most hilarious. Cause you're like, <laughs> did you guys know? Did you know that? Did you set me up? <laughs> God, <laughs> man. Could not believe that we would first show you this movie. Yeah. Uh, and two, that we would do so and not tell you or have you not know going in that the movie, the character in the movie that you loathe so much is <laughs> named your name. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> Was a particularly good, like, in the moment podcast moment for me uh, for a movie that I remembered being okay as a kid and absolutely not agreeing. <laughs> but just you're like, did you guys know? Why'd you do this? <laughs> You knew it was Johnny, didn't you? <laughs> oh, God. That movie's also on another list for me later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I figured it was. Yeah. But yeah, that, it was funny. I was laughing good at that, too. Yeah. 
The flip side of that, though, is coming back in the after part uh, and realizing that Bridget absolutely loved Mortal Kombat 95 was another <laughs> one because I, I fully expected her to hate that movie. A video game movie from the mid-90s for a property, I assume or recall you not caring about whatsoever. Yeah, no. Uh, and then being like, that was fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> so immediate... No pause. Like normally, we or we all have a little pause, sure. and we like to give a bit of dramatic tension in the after part. You're like, immediately like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I loved that movie. Yeah, I, I remember because I wasn't on that episode. I don't think, and I had listened to it after the fact, and I was like, oh god, what is, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? And you're like, it, you're like it rocked. <laughs> the movie rocked. Yeah, I think uh, other John was on for that one. Correct. Right. Yeah, we had yeah. the crossover with the games cast. Yeah. <laughs> But I also was sort of floored that her reaction was as uh, as high. Yeah, and it was just it was. so quick. And that was another one like Dumb and Dumber. I was like, I don't know. Like, yep. I don't know how well it holds up because I haven't seen it in a while. I know the song rips because, of course, it does. Uh, that's never going to change. But the movie itself is a little wonky in terms of a movie. Right. Yeah. No, that, that movie does rock. And for... Weeks afterwards, I was listening to the theme and going to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has, like, the best smash open to, like, a studio logo. Like, just pure energy. Pure energy. And especially because we, we also watched the most recent version that came out as well, mm-hmm. which was such a bore and a dud and a mm-hmm. snooze fest. And... So laden with things that I think modern movies do, like just be stupid. Yeah, you can play into it. You've got to. Yeah, you, you can. You can go be silly. Be silly. It's like when your mom tells you to go, go get into some trouble. Go, yeah. go do something wrong. Like here, they're just. We'll just give the blood and guts to be dead ass, and it's like, was it? I think Kano was like maybe the only dude of some levity, or he was pretty funny. Yeah, he was pretty. Funny. I remember being funny in the movie, but yeah. beyond that, I didn't have like right the and- silliness of the. Uh, or the camp, yeah. excuse me. The executives needed the talk from the mom from the sandlot. I'm like, would you go outside yeah, and get correct, this yeah. mischief? Like, <laughs> don't do or homework in erector sets. It's the summer. Go right. do something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like, not like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, we know we're being silly. Like, no. I want to, like, play it straight to the back of the room that you are all on this Viking ship. <laughs> and go, like, I need, put it right in my veins. Take me to the bone zone. <laughs> Take me to the bone zone. <laughs> yeah, so hearing hearing those two reactions from you guys were just great, great fun moments, both <laughs> the positive and the negative. Another highlight during the watching of a movie, when we realized that we were watching the cut-for-TV version of <laughs> oh, Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that while I was making the list. Yeah, go home, you silly butthead, or whatever the fuck it was. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, wait. And that, we, that wasn't even what triggered it. It was when we saw the, guy the shot 209 to getting yeah. killed, and we're like, pretty sure it was more violent. Yeah, than we're like, this is a poor Verhoeven, or whatever. Like, like, yeah. fucking, yeah. It's like, I've seen Total Recall, I've seen Starship Troopers. This dude loves the squibs and blood and all that other yeah. shit. Where is all this stuff? That was tame by what but I But that remember. was funny because we chalked up the dialogue to being like, maybe people talk like that. <laughs> maybe they're just like a little more polite to each other and yeah. cuss words have like ceased to exist. It's not like we were watching Die Hard and didn't hear the word, you know, like didn't hear yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah. Like it was just a random piece of dialogue. We're like, okay, he said butthead instead of asshole or whatever. That's, right. Okay. 
it's a choice, I guess, yeah. but it's not the right one. And thankfully, we were only like 10, maybe 15 minutes in uh, when we realized it. But that was that was pretty because we thought it didn't say edited like it didn't say cut for no. time like any content i don't think it did yeah. i even think it says rated r like on the movie splash page to let you know that even though we trimmed it it's still r rated because right. like there was some blood in the murder yeah but there wasn't the level that we got so then yeah when we finally put on the real version and we got to that part john was like oh shit <laughs> yeah. i think we were all like holy fuck <laughs> Like, I knew it was worse. And of course there was some blood in it. It's like, how do you cut around it? (laughs) How do you possibly show that scene without having, like, one... Yeah. Well, they did that thing where, like, they take the blood and, like, or they desaturate. So it's just, like, that brown. brown. Looks like you almost spilled soy sauce on you or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, no. My cucumber avocado roll. Yeah. And then it turned into, like, fucking plum tomatoes. Yeah, I, I, that was also, I don't think I'd put that on the list, but one that I had thought about that was a great moment for us. When we did, and I love doing all four of the indie movies, like that was really fun to show a couple of friends, Indiana Jones movies, movies that we all really love, and then also showing them the, the new one, which is bad, and I'm sorry, Bridget, um, but <laughs> <laughs> while watching Crystal Skull, both before, during, and after, Zach for whatever reason, was absolutely obsessed with Shia <laughs> And, like, every time we tried to steer the conversation away, he'd be like, yeah, but what about Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. And he'd be like, well, what do you think Shia could do as the next indie? And we're like, we're, we've moved on from that. He's like, no, but Shia LaBeouf is in this. You guys know that, right? Like, just out of nowhere, absolute head over heels in love with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And that tickled me every turn. Because <laughs> I did not expect that from right, him going right. into that movie, that he would constantly want to talk about Shia <laughs> Now that I think about it, and Zach, I hope you listen to this episode, but he, I think he went through like a Shia phase where like, I think even he was like a huge advocate for like the Transformers movie, the first one that came out. That's a good one. He was running around telling everyone, you gotta see it. Listen, I and saw... maybe he was telling, I thought he was telling me to go see it because of the digital robots. I think he was trying to tell him to go see it because <laughs> Shia was a hunk, man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> is it the robots? He's seen all. He's seen Eagle Eye. Yeah. He, like... <laughs> I was just gonna say, I've seen all the Transformers movies in theaters. I saw Eagle Eye in theaters. I saw the even Stevens movie the day it premiered on yeah. TV. Like Disturbia. Uh, I don't. Maybe I saw Disturbia. I don't. Remember. That was like that phase where like he did like all of those movies where yeah. he was like overly tan and like. <laughs> well, and Disturbia is just Rear Window. Right? Yes. Right. Yeah, I definitely. I'm pretty sure I saw that one. Maybe in theaters. I don't remember. So I can't. I can't rag on him for really enjoying them. I saw them too, but just in 2022, bring bring it up as much as we did. <laughs> Was uh yeah. was just delightful. <laughs> it's something funny. I didn't expect to to talk so much about while covering Indiana Jones right. for. Yeah, piggybacking off that, I really enjoyed, and I'm sorry because you were pretty much in pain for most of it, Bridget. But looking over and just checking on your vitals every now and again was <laughs> really enjoyable, and making sure you were still with us because I knew you were having a really hard time with like just about everything that was going on on screen. It was that like I've thought more about that movie, and it just. It was like a really surreal experience because it had been built up in my mind. I'm like, you know, maybe it won't be as bad. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it just felt it was such a surreal experience of like that's what I imagine the first sequel written by AI will be like. Right, yeah, it's like it like 
on paper it might have some things right, but like once it starts like putting it to fucking celluloid, like forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, like it knows he wears the fedora and has the whip, but I think that might be it. Yeah. I think that might be all the computer knows. <laughs> yeah. Does he not know he's like seventy five? Yeah. Too funny. Yeah. It remembers the crate number though. Yeah. We gotta put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh any other particularly good moments from you guys, podcaster? Um, I was wise? just a couple of shocking moments that I had. I think how brutal the like ship inversion scene in Poseidon where everyone's sort of like falling from the ceiling from chandeliers and hitting the baby grand on the way down all stuff <laughs> and I was like oh my god this is fucking brutal I, I was just shocked by how violent the scene was and like and then even subsequently shocked about how good the movie was but that scene in particular was like wow like and I remember people always talk about disaster movies they talk, they talk about like the 70s, this. Uh, there's one called Roller Coaster, Earthquake. I think there's a whole bunch of them. And yeah, I think Towering Inferno. Tower Inferno. And I think this is where you start getting your first glimpse into like mayhem and brutality on like a real legit scale. Yeah. With like good effects and good dummy work and practical shit. But mm-hmm. and just like from like just the way they shot it and how they did it. And again, I don't think I ever really looked into it per se. I mean, I have a good idea of how they did it, but. It was just conceived very well, and I just technically thought it was such a very good scene. Yeah, and I think I went into that expecting more what we get at the end of Titanic, where it's like, people are sliding around, that one guy hits the propeller, and like that's kind of the worst of it, as far as I, like, what sticks in my memory, at least it's been a while since I've seen Titanic. But there's like six moments like that in just the one boat flippy over scene. Yeah, just in the span of minutes. And that's not what the movie is about. It's not about the boat flipping over the way Titanic leads you up to the ship sinking. Like, they're just, okay, we're going to do a, a ship sink, and then we still have 90 minutes of movie left for these characters to do other things, but we jam-pack so much of it into this five-minute sequence that I, like, I couldn't believe that. Right. And that what's helped, that's what helps make that movie better. Is that yeah. You get all of that, and then you're just left to wonder how these five groups or whatever are going to survive. Right. And I think just one more of the shocking moments for me was, I think, like, the second-to-last kill in Thief that was just, like, insanely bloody. Like, it was a headshot, like, near the lamp or something. Like, mm. he had fallen over. Because who else in that? Is, is, is Gene Hackman in that movie? Or who's it? It's James Caan. James Caan. And I just was just is like... Is it Belushi? Yeah, it's Belushi, yeah. Is it when Belushi gets okay. killed? Okay, so yes. that, the sh- that that shotgun to the head against the van, yes. brutal. And then there's one later on where they're in the house, in the living room, uh, and he's like, he's pretty much dead, and he like waits to grab the gun again, and he shoots him like in the head. Yeah. And it's just, the, That's the right. splatter and everything was like, like, oh my god. Yeah, I think you and I were both like, good gracious. Yeah, good <laughs> Yeah, like an old couple right. seeing like King Kong for the first time or something. Good lord. Oh. I do have a good amount of like funny moments. I'm not sure if we are just crossing over into that list as well or just... Yeah, this is all yeah. moments-based. Um, this sort of lives in that land as well. We talk about being turned upside down. <laughs> When the ant farm gets shaken up. It's <laughs> on my list. It's on my list. I love that scene so much. It's so violent. It's so awesome. Oh my god. And you're gonna have to refresh me on the dialogue or like what tra- like what transpires there. I just remember the ant farm, the shaking of it. What was the exchange of dialogue that led up to that? 
and I'll probably like laugh my ass <laughs> up again. It's the pet shop sequence yes. where he's showing these are these different pets. And then he picks oh. up the ant farm and he shakes it. And they, they don't like that. They hate it when I do <laughs> that. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is. They hate when I do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's so funny. It's. Oh my god. I know there's a couple other moments in that movie that also made me giggle to that, but that was the highlight of that movie yeah. for me. Because it's an ant farm, because these little guys probably spent, like, a week putting, like, their ecosystem together, essentially. (laughs) It's like, they hate it when I do this. (laughs) Yeah, no shit they do. Sidebar for UHF, though. You gotta see Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, yeah, you saw that, didn't you? It's real good. Okay. It's a hoot. I imagine it's super meta, but... Oh, yeah. It's incredibly meta. But it's wonderful. So, if you enjoyed the UHF episode, absolutely go seek out the Weird Al biopic. Very much worth your 90 minutes. (laughs) Another moment that I think we all were sort of shocked by was the kick from Enter the Dragon. Mm. The the dummy, his body leaves the frame faster than I think anything we saw out of a hundred episodes of shit. At the speed of sound. The speed of sound. (laughs) (laughs) Like the wind up and everything. Just like, ugh. That, yeah. The claw weapon at the end just sitting on the table. Oh, yeah, that's is still... That's that's a part of, of my record. costume corner. But <laughs> oh, later claw. on, yeah, the claw. And it's... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to jump. No, it's there. all right. Because I, I only have one or two on there, so we, that's oh. one of them. But, I, yeah, that kick, I remember going to YouTube later on and just... Anytime I needed to giggle, like, the following week or a pick-me-up, I watched that, like, eight-second clip on YouTube. <laughs> and it has a staggering amount of views on YouTube for a reason, because it's so good. So yeah, the kick was one that was super funny. Uh, fairly recently uh, was <laughs> from Staying Alive. <laughs> the dance fire. Ugh. Oh. oh yes, so good. I think I I was there were a few times watching movies with us where I was crying, laughing at something, and like doing it silently just because you guys. Didn't think I me and Bridget thought it was pretty funny. I think Adam was like, it's funny, but it's not that funny, but I think I was more just like taken over by the, the just whatever the routine was that was going on, where I'm just like, what the fuck is this? But I wasn't even listening to the underlying dance. I couldn't hear anything else. Fire. What <laughs> yeah, that movie had a crazy soundtrack. What was the other song that was on it? I can't remember. Oh, any of the Frank Stallone. Yes, all those Ugh. numbers are great. Yeah. But that was like a late, like, that was a movie I think we had talked about on the show where it just wasn't doing anything for anyone, I think, for no. almost two-thirds of it. And then, like, the last third, at least for me, it came around to being like, I gotta forgive it a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> the movie's innocent. It's not trying to do anything other than just be itself. But it gave us, like, the funniest fucking stupid song ever. Yeah. And then... I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up what was in the movie prior to Staying Alive, which was Stupid Bitch. (laughs) I think we all were shocked by that dialogue. Because it's it's such a horrific scene. And these people, like, that we thought were, like, not innocent characters, but, like, were, like, okay, I can maybe see myself, like, brushing up against these people. But it came to that scene, like, these people are terrible. (sighs) 
They're horrible people. Yeah. And then he falls off a bridge. So he got his car. Yeah. He d- <laughs> yeah, it, d- it is just this, like, so much of that movie, like, they talk about, like, you're either dumping on people or you're getting dumped on. And, you know, that character is such the, the run of Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Too, that you expect him to have sympathy for this girl who's just been tricked into... Or having, like, any semblance of a moral barometer yeah. for these guys. And it just cuts back and he's like, stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's just sitting in the car watching the mayhem that's going on outside on the bridge. It, Great commentary, bro. It's yeah, like... like <laughs> what was that before or after? The, uh, the rape or what? No, was that before or after he's asking everybody, like, what what would you do? Like, I got a girl pregnant. What would you do? Like, would you get her an abortion? And he's like, you got her pregnant? Yeah, I get the abortion. Basically being like, you're the dad? No, fuck you. Yeah. Um, that is... I think that's like right before. I, it might be right before. So he's on edge already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A whole but, host of problems for that kid. But that was a funny line. Yeah. That delivery... It's just... <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's so menacing. It just, it's like, dude, I thought I liked you. I thought I liked you. You're supposed to be like fucking like... You want me to root for you because you're having yeah. the only real problem in this movie. Like, you're the only one that has something that is like a really big deal. He's like, he's like the small... He's like Smalls from like the group of Sandlight. He's like the little guy. He's like the guy who just like questions everything and doesn't have anything of real meaningful <laughs> to say. And then he's like, stupid bitch. It's like... Oh my, yeah. oh my god! Gosh. Yeah, like imagine the the lifeguard in Sandlot getting all uppity after uh, Glasses guy sexually assaults right, him, and then being like stupid bitch, <laughs> like having small say stupid. Yeah, bitch. really. <laughs> like, how dare you kiss me on the lips? He's just like, it's hey, just so off character. Bitch. I think that's why it just. Yeah, it does come out of nowhere, and it's just such a gut punch. It's such a gut punch because that scene is so delirious already. So it's like, what else could they throw at us? And they. They take the most most innocent character and give him the most <laughs> horrific thing to say in the movie. <laughs> yeah, in a movie that like has a lot of horrifying things happen in it, yeah. that does feel like the the most catastrophic. Right. <laughs> and just to sort of wrap this up, unless you guys have more, but kind of casting a wide net on this one. But I would say most of the holiday special, like just deliriously yeah. silly, like the soup. And, like, the suitcase. There's at one point where he's making a soup. It's like... <laughs> it still feels like a fever. I feel like I'm explaining something that I dreamt. I promise you it's in the movie. The soup made in the movie. I only... The only thing I put... I put the Cirque du Soleil. Because uh, I had the holiday special there as well. Right. That's where he opens up the suitcase, right? Or, like, some sort of, like, laptop. I don't know what the fuck it is. And there's, like, a oh, Cirque du yeah. Soleil show inside. Mm-hmm. It's like a game. You're right. There's also Grandpa watching VR porn. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I laughed really hard when they, like, cut to with that weird blank room and everyone's wearing robes touching that ball. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, what the... What? How? How did we get here? Wild. <laughs> Wild movie. I think the thing I probably laughed most about... Uh, that we watched like in a movie was anytime they used their shields in Dune, the original no. Dune. Oh, the Lynch Dune, yeah. Because those box shields are just like, okay, good for you. You're trying CGI in 1980, whatever. Like, you're, you you tried, and I'll, I'll give you props for that, Dave. But those, that's wrong. Everything about it is wrong. And then when I saw the shields in Dune 2021, I was like, okay, those are great. 
those look cool. And I know that graphical things have come a long way. But the weird just box thing, and I'm supposed to watch Jean-Luc Picard in this box right. <laughs> fighting, is just, it's too much. <laughs> and they just kept using it. Yeah. I remember def- Brian defending those. She loves cool. He, lo- he loves the lynch dune. He'll die on that hill. He will. He will. Um, <laughs> I had fun with it. It's you know, it's a fun movie. I recommend people yeah. see it. It's it's a good time. But yeah, you've got John Luke Picard like shouting like "Mood is something for cattle and love making," and then all of a sudden they're in like a hexagon. <laughs> It's like a boy in the square bubble yeah. protecting them from anything from yeah. the outside. Unless it's a slow-moving thing. Right. And then you're fucked. Yeah. It's just such a bizarre-looking thing. It, right. It just it, it, like looks like the fucking, what is it, the aggro crag from fucking yeah. Gods. It's like, what is this thing? And like not in the fun, creative way you want something in a David Lynch film to be like, make you question. Right. All right, so you guys want to move on then to the next category? Sure. Okay, so we will do uh, favorite performances is the is the next category on there. So any particularly favorite performances by any of the actors we saw, preferably something that wasn't like an Academy Award winner or something, yeah. but anything that, that stood out to you guys from any of the movies that we watched? Um, I think it's a quick one we can get out of the way, uh, at least for me, because we already touched on it, but Shelley Winters I thought was great in mm-hmm. Beside Adventure. Yeah, Just because her arc was so... Awesome, and she was great at portraying that character mm-hmm. going from, like I said, the damsel in distress, the baggage, just all of the stuff that the movie could easily have said. All right, let's give like the get rid of the heavy complaining white woman like easily. Yeah, and she became like the hero at the end. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Again, there's that storytelling a little bit, that script writing, but also I think she Still. it was a call she had, did very well. Yeah. She rose to the occasion. She of the rose script. to the occasion, excuse me, yeah. or dove to the occasion. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, that Hackman in that movie uh, was just great. Him yeah. Yell directions at everybody and just taking charge of every scene. Like, he really captivated me in watching the sure. movie. When a disaster movie is something where you could easily be like, all right. When are we going to blow up another thing? I'm getting a little bored here. Like, the performances in that carry you through after the destruction and in between the other kills and destructive moments. Um, So those two in particular were were really good. My top, I think, is Farley Granger in Rope. That that was my second. (laughs) Just watching him fall apart. So good. Completely lose it every time you see him. I just he's sweatier. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. That could honestly be another like top funny moment because yeah. every time he appeared on screen, we were all like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna make it." Yeah. yeah. No, rope did a lot. I could fall into a lot of the categories. Like it could sweep. You know what yeah. I mean? It could sweep this whole episode, but. Yeah, super surprised at the movie in general. I thought it was awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, he is second on my list. I just love that you have a character who... You have two characters, witness something horrific. One has it completely together. One has it together at the beginning, at least a little bit. And just seeing that person melt and just fall apart is one of those delightful things I've, I've watched uh, out of all the episodes. 
Yeah, my other one that I had was uh, Jimmy Stewart in everything that we watched him in. All of his performances were amazing. So between the rope, you know, to piggyback off of that, but also Philadelphia's story, I enjoyed him tremendously in both of those. Yeah. To the point where I want to seek out other Jimmy Stewart things that I've never seen, because I think I've only really seen clips from Mr. Smith, like whatever the big filibuster scene is. Uh, and then, obviously, It's a Wonderful Life I've seen, and he's great in that. And right. So both of his performances, while he was pretty much the only actor I knew anything about in either of those going in, he, he blew me away in, in both of them, especially in Rope, because like his inquisitive nature, the way he's kind of pegging at both of them, because he, he knows something's afoot, he knows something isn't right, and he just asks all the perfectly right questions, but then doesn't give up any of his own thoughts in hearing those. It was sure. Just, it was great facial acting, great you know, dialogue, acting, just all of it all came together for both performances. Mm. Him drunk in Philadelphia story, like at the party and when they're writing the expose on the the editor. Oh, he's got the hiccups and everything. Yeah, Yeah, so, so good. So yeah, Jimmy Stewart in in all of the things that we watched were were on my list as well. But my top one was actually Val Kilmer in Tombstone. uh, Because he was... So good in that, down to dying <laughs> towards the end and like still fucking killing it as he's dying at the end uh, was just, it's just great stuff. And, you know, obviously in light of how he's doing nowadays, it was so nice to see like a really, really good performance out of him from something that I think isn't thought of as one of his, well, maybe it's thought of as his one, one of his better roles. But it's not a movie that is talked about as much as some of the other things he's been in. Um, so it was nice to see something so, so good, but yet so under the radar, I guess. Got it. Another one that I really enjoyed, uh, and I hope I'm getting this, this one right, but uh, Rod Steiger from In the Heat of the Moment, the sheriff, I think. Oh, In the Heat of the Night? In the Heat of the Night, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I really You didn't that sing before. either, so it's, you just got it wrong on all fronts. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, really enjoyed that performance. Yeah. Him and Portier just... Bouncing off each other. Just mm-hmm. fantastic stuff. Yeah, the movie surprised me a lot, too, because I didn't know anything about it. And then, obviously, we watched it again. We watched an actual good movie for someone right. passed away. <laughs> yeah. Watching a worse movie of theirs. Um, but I, I hadn't seen it. I didn't know anything about it going in. And I really, really enjoyed that movie. So yeah, both both performances in that were, were honestly really good as well. Another duo that I think, for me, the performances are linked are... King Kong and Godzilla. We knew it. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Wait, which one? Yes. <laughs> that's a good point. No, sorry. Uh, dude, that's another movie. Forgot, didn't talk about that drop. Doesn't one of them get dropped? Oh, there's a lot of, like, in the original one, there's a lot of, like, weird kicks where they go flying across the screen. But yeah, I but I think one gets dropped until, like, Middle Earth or whatever. Oh, yeah. Into, like, in King Kong's world or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The in-between or whatever. Quite the drop. Um, Hollow Earth, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but two of my favorite performances are Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve mm. in Superman. Oh, yeah. Both are great. The, both are so good as Superman, Clark Kent, and... Lois Lane, and their scenes together are just so they're magical, sparkly. They're oh, so sparkly. They're so sparkly. Oh my gosh! When they're flying off together, and then like they land, like they're dancing. And... Oh my god! Like 
Oh, more of that. Yeah, more, of that. more of that. More of that, please. Um, you know, chemistry. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. you can't bottle it. Like, it just, it has to be there with the performers. So, yeah. loved those two. Just a couple more that I think are at least honorable mentions for me. I like Sean Connery a lot in Dr. No. Mm. Really enjoyed that a lot. I did see all of the movies are now on... I think Prime. So oh, are they? I, okay. I, and they'll be there forever because Amazon, I think, bought the library. Oh, so nice. We should. Oh, at some point, yeah. Because yeah, I think we had discussed maybe doing a sequel with that because I think we really enjoyed Dr. No. Yeah. With all uh, three of us. Well, and that was one where I remember I had said that was the only James Bond I had seen because my plan was like to watch one a week as like my Sunday night routine. Sure. And then after the first week, they all went off of streaming until like last <laughs> There it month. goes. <laughs> um <laughs> So now that they're back, I do I do want to watch more of those because yeah, Connery was great as Bond. Yeah, he was great. Just shoot up the scenery every time he was on. And then I also enjoyed Sam Elliott and Roadhouse. <laughs> that was oh. that was fun. Yeah, a lot of good things about Roadhouse. Yeah, dude, the way he pushes his hair back—that's a separate. That's a, for costume <laughs> oh, corner. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we can we can transition because that I believe is the uh, the next segment is is costume corner. So unless you guys have any other standout performances, I mean, we could always oh. weave them through. But we can jump to costume. That corner was it now. for performances for me. But I had a couple others. I have Gene Kelly and Singing in the Rain. Mm. Nice. Orson Welles in the Third Man. Oh yeah! Surprise appearance from him comes yeah, his, his and monologue, like, yeah. delivers the most killer monologue. Honestly, all of the performances from the main cast in all of Noir November were great. Nick uh, Nicholson in Chinatown was really good. Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, like, yeah. my God. Uh, <laughs> both of them were fantastic. The Third Man was great. Like, everything that happened yeah. in Noir November, I really, really enjoyed all the performances across the board there. Very true. And then my last was Jodie Foster in Contact. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, she just is such an excellent actress. And she, she is great, yeah. Like, does quiet yearning so well. Mm. Like, she really she's does. Not a what, lot what, a great, of, what a great description. <laughs> there's so not, true. like, a lot of activity. She's not a really loud performer. But, like, you can feel, like, the tension, like. In her eyes. In her, her eyes, like, like, flying through her body of, like. I want to go to fucking space. And <laughs> yeah, she uses like her hands. Her hands look very sort of just tense, and her eyes are like piercing ice blue. If I can picture them now, she's yeah. constantly got to prove herself because nobody believes her throughout the entirety of the movie. Right. So like it gives her plenty of opportunities to like fight for herself, which gives her like a nice performance soapbox to stand on. Basically, of like. I know I need everybody, audience included, to believe me that the contact is real, and that comes across yeah. very well. Yeah, I was thrilled that you had liked that movie as much as you did. Yeah, that one, like, I wouldn't say it was on my surprises because, like, I was like, that it checks the boxes, but I did, I really, really enjoyed Contact. Yeah. So, uh, p- piggybacking off of Sam Elliott's hair, uh, Bridget, do you want to give, I mean, I think you'll probably be the one with the most to say yeah, on Costume Corner. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I, I suggested Costumist Corner, <laughs> and when I went to do it, like, I totally just blanked. So You'd I almost moved... have to look at your notes and remember outfits you wrote down, or watch every movie again. Right, yeah, right. Remember. Like, 
there are there are certain movies that I would just love to like have in my closet, like Saturday Night Fever. Mm. Give it all to me, Thief. Yeah, that Thief. Fur coat she has at the diner. Mm-hmm. Oh right, that like shearling. Basic Instinct. I would love to look like Sharon Stone naked. I'm going to include that in costume corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that naked is a costume. Naked birthday is suit a costume. But then I was trying to think of like sp- like specific costuming choices, and it was really hard. And I feel like something specifically I saw in a movie recently like has created a mental block, and that is the ghillie suit person from Tron. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> has infected my brain so that it was all I could think of. I'm like, no, what are other costumes in a movie? Like, all, And all I could see was his, his little ghillie suit body that we had no explanation for, never revisit. <laughs> right. Like, I, it's almost like a ghost in the machine. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the costumes in Tron, like the main Tron suits, the fact that they're lit up the way that they are, like, yeah. that's just from a technical standpoint a good costume. Yeah. Uh, the only one that I really put down, and I know it's the most recent, but, I mean, you got to give it up to the turtle suits in Teenage <laughs> Turtles, just because from, again, from a technical engineering standpoint, four dudes in big rubber suits that have animatronic faces shouldn't work as well as it did because you kind of forget that you're watching guys in suits through most of the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Bridget, True. but as someone who saw it as an adult, it's pretty convincingly not just dudes in suits because it's, yeah. yeah. Like they nail all the different things that you would want them to nail. I don't know why my mind kept going back to it, but it's not really a costume as, mu- as much as it is an accessory and we capitalize on this for a month, but all of the prosthetic movies we watched... <laughs> <laughs> the claw, the hook, the fucking thing, whatever Nicolas Cage wore. Oh, and Moonstruck. The, the Moonstruck. Mitt. Yeah. And then I, the fourth one is escaping me. I'm not even uh, sure. So we had Enter the Dragon. Yep. Then Hook. Yep. Moonstruck. And The Fugitive is the other one. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So we, and like, we picked that and you're like, I think it actually fits the theme, but I won't tell you. How. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know, we were trying to think yeah, about it. I think that's why we watch it. You're like, I can think of one thing. And I was like, I've never seen that. And you're like, oh, I've said too much. Yeah. Oh. I don't mean, that was our faces lit up. Yeah, we're like, the fugitive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I also was hard pressed to think a lot about costumes throughout all the movies we had watched. I don't know why it shot to my brain, but one of the ghosts of Christmas past that looks like our friend Derek. In the Muppet movie, that robe he's wearing, I like that robe. Yeah, that's a good one. Quite a bit. (laughs) More than the spooky nightdress. Correct. Muppet. I hated that. (laughs) Whatever the fuck that was. Which was was. worse. I I know we probably talked about it in the moment, but which was worse to you, that one or Annette? Annette was, but that one. Close second. It sucked, too. (laughs) (laughs) Cut from the same creepy, horrible cloth. Horrible cloth, correct. Yeah. I mean, just some of the ones, just looking at the list, like Princess Bride has great costumes, uh, all of Princess Buttercup's, like, outfits and dress, Wesley's whole deal is the Dread Pirate Roberts outfit, all that stuff's really good. Anything that, like, either was shot in the 30s, 40s, or took place there, so, like, again, all of Noir November has great suits and dresses and hair, and just all of it works so well. Same thing with, like, Casablanca. Again, great suits, great attire on everybody. I think those are some of the ones that we talked about a lot. Labyrinth has some insane costume work. Both Dunes have 
Yeah, arguably, I mean, I think the newer one has more impressive stuff going on there. But but again, uh, budget and time, budget and time, sense, and yeah. just design, overall design. Yeah, um, indie's classic and iconic. We can't talk about good correct. costumes without talking about indie. Obviously, that's something we all saw. Um, but you know, can't talk about good costumes in movies without talking about that. RoboCop's another one. Yeah, where like the suit being as big and bulky and eighties as it is, like works super well. The apes work deteriorated over the movies. <laughs> the movies. <laughs> I think the first one we're like, oh, this looks, this looks pretty, pretty good. And, like the second one beneath was like, I'm seeing zippers and like shit here. Yeah, yeah, but then and, like mouths inside mouths and. But it did kind of come back around a little bit for 2001 Planet of the Apes, where oh like, yeah, where Michael things... Clark Duncan's ape suit is is awesome. I almost I completely forgot we watched that one, but yeah, that one because that was pretty much all practical. That shit yes. looked great. Like uh, whoever who played the the uh, not Michael Clark Duncan, the other evil ape. To, uh, Tim, Tim Roth. Roth. Tim Roth. Yes, Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Yes. Awesome. I thought, yeah. that, was, I thought that was great. Uh, really good work. I mean, this is like a limited costume corner, but I always appreciated, and not for the reasons you think, I just think it's kind of badass, but when Sigourney Weaver is pretty much just in her underwear and her tank oh. top, mm. defeating the alien thing, what's so why such an iconic scene. Yes. Amazing. Yep. Yeah, but it's not as good as Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Heather's had great costumes. All of the clothes in Heather's was okay. was great. I like yep, that movie. The color coding. Yeah. The transformed fly. Yeah. Creepy and gross and practical right. and all that. So, like, even though it wasn't my favorite movie, uh, it like that you got to give it up for that because sure. that was super impressive stuff. I think a lot of stuff in Pulp Fiction's great. I mean, if you want the if you want funny costume corner in there, you know, John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, and the gym clothes is yep. great, iconic. It's all over t-shirts and shit. Singing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Like, that Sid Charisse dance moment with the, the white silk flying up <laughs> is like bonanas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of good costume work in the movies yeah, that we watched. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. You either cut this in or leave it in this spot, but we've—I've just looked at Jaws too. How did we forget talking about the boat? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was a shocking moment that for was you. A moment. I knew it was sort of coming. That was the shocking. first explosion when you're talking. Yeah, about? correct. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I completely forgot about that. But yeah, that was that was pretty gnarly. I'm just yeah, right here, uh, that was pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that boat. Didn't see it coming. The friend was dead because she got eaten while water skiing. I think at that point. Yeah. And then and then just everyone nonchalantly like the the couple who were fucking behind the dune like coming over the hill and being like I think a boat exploded. Yeah. And the lady's like a boat where oh I see it. <laughs> well, because it's like you know that the friend who's driving the boat is gonna is doomed. Mm-hmm. But it's such a mousetrap series of events. To lead to the explosion of yeah, the boat. It's, it's like a like, final destination kill or something. I can't turn the boat on. I gotta pick up all oh, gasoline all over me. Oh! Yeah, that's you were hooted hollering over that, dude. The thing fucking exploded. You were just flying out of the couch. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Who acts like that in the in clear in the fog of war (laughs) the fog of war against a giant shark I guess you do that they're gonna come get me I'll take them out myself oh ridiculous Uh, alright so we'll move on from costume corner uh, and we'll take a quick break from the 
superlative awards uh, for a little game uh, we are calling Guess the Movie from our scratchy shorthand notes. <laughs> uh, wherein each of us, I think, will pick maybe one or two uh, movies from the list that we have notes for uh, and try to see if the other two can guess what that movie is based on the shorthand chicken scratched i don't want to miss a guy jumping from a sewer notes that we kept uh <laughs> for some of these so would anybody like to go first sure okay bridget do you have one ready i have one ready okay i'm gonna go sort of in order of when i think like hardest to least hard i guess oh so the most obscure note, note. from said movie not yeah. necessarily in order of when you wrote them down right gotcha okay I love it when the protagonist is a chump. <laughs> this is a quote. You were born to be murdered. In all caps, the cuckoo clock, big Wes Anderson vibes, a zither, uh, and Harry Lime. Oh, the third man. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you were born to be <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a different page of notes. See, the problem is, too, is that like, I'm reading some of these and I even forget what the movie is. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like reading, like, I don't remember what the fuck that was even. Oh my god. Seems like some of these are funny, but I feel like we just went over these movies, too, so I don't want to. Uh... Yeah, just fresh in, the, fresh in the mind. Yeah. I mean, some of these are just hilarious. Just the first thing I wrote for Saturday Night Fever, Dick Shot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's one for you guys. All right. And I'm just going to give you the one, so hopefully this will just give it away. Butter, toast, corn. Oh. oh. That's... Oh. Is that Moonstruck? No. No. Is it Saturday Night Fever? Like, nope. Where, mm. I, can, I can picture it. It's the dad puts the butter on the corn and then... Or puts the butter on the bread. War games. Just, it's yeah, war games. Yeah, war games. Ding, okay. ding, ding. I was like, I know it's... It was from the 80s. Yeah, I'm like, it's an 80s dad. And I'm like, but we didn't watch Back to the Future. I'm yeah. like, what? Ah. Such a pro dad move. It's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> Here's another one. Rubber dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, rubber dog shit? Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing. I have no idea. All I want to say is Dumb and Dumber, but, like, I don't know. Uh, it's the general on the ship in Top Gun. He's referring to... I forget what he's referring to, but he goes, this, the rubber dog shit. <laughs> here's here's one I think you'll both like. Um, this is a, a quote. This little fart of a robot is giving me red ass. <laughs> Well, it's got to be short circuit. Yes. Right? Short circuit. But thing. just like, I can't. I don't know if that's from the movie or from you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Like, I love that. Basta, oh. Semolinas. <laughs> God damn it. Just God damn it. Oh, my God. All right, I got one here. Uh, so we got axe throwing, runaway horse, howling monster, mace sucks, snowman narrator, and Ewok engineering. 
What was it? Ewok Adventure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The fucking runaway. I like love that. The horse gets away. Oh, just, yeah. Like, just <laughs> screaming. Off just the screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, you're fine, baby. Take it easy. <laughs> the first note for one of these is just Tangerine Dream GTA 5. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that soundtrack slaps. Yep, it does. It really. It really do. All right, I got a few for you. And this bridge will probably grab us pretty quickly. Glass broke, Buick, helicopter, pool party, chicken dick, pain don't hurt, throat rip. I, yeah, oh, I know this one. The polar bear. Polar bear. Monkey see no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. I don't remember the movie, but I remember all of these moments. There's a few that I didn't give away, but one is Dalton's ass. <laughs> Car stunts. Do you? Have, you're too stupid to have fun. Bandstand. <laughs> it's Roadhouse. Oh Roadhouse. yeah. yeah. Roadhouse. Chicken dick. Chicken dick. <laughs> Pain don't hurt. <laughs> Pain don't hurt. How about this beaded curtain? Mirror above bed. Good for her. <laughs> Just basic instinct. Yes! <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> and then the other were, I want a cigarette. Poor brunette Beth. Her manicure. She's evil. She's brilliant. <laughs> and then my last note for basic instinct, looking over this, is just titty sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. (laughs) Ridiculous. It's fun keeping notes for movies. It (laughs) is! Uh, Alright, any others that you guys have that you wanted to to read out? (laughs) You'll know what this is immediately, but just, I think this sequence of notes is really funny. Elephant death, frowny face. Oh. Vietnam is a poor choice of setting for a romp. (laughs) (laughs) James Hong! Poor guy is so close to getting out. Saving private elephant. (laughs) (laughs) That's good morning, Vietnam. I know that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I can't help it. I love everybody. (laughs) My final note for this movie is just elephant. (laughs) Amazing. ODD. Yeah. ODD. Yeah, you know me. All right, so moving on, we'll get back to the awards portion of today's show. Uh, This one is the one you don't want to win. This is our version of the Razzies. These are our bottom five. Now, uh, we each went through, picked some some good and some bad uh, from the movies we've watched. I don't know how much of an order uh, we all put them in, but these are going to be our bottom five movies. Uh, that we all saw for the first time. So this doesn't include things that we hated going in. So uh, no Hocus Pocus for Bridget, maybe. Unless that's on her list. <laughs> it's on the auxiliary list. Okay, um, fair enough. So uh, Bridget, then, since I took one of yours, I'll give you the opportunity to, to give us another one. Uh, what's something in your bottom five? In my bottom five. This is sort of a cheat, because I had technically seen this movie prior. But... Death to Smoochie was one of the most 
torturous viewing experiences ever. And granted, at the time we were in quarantine, we were doing separate viewings, but that movie sucks. It did not hold up the way that I thought it did, because I remember really enjoying right. liking it as a as a kid, watching it on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. This viewing was hard. It was bad. Yeah. That, is this yeah. in your list for t- bottom five? Uh, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. there. Somewhere in the middle. It's there. Somewhere in the middle. It's there. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those movies for me that, like, it just felt like a bad dream. It felt like I know all these characters. I know all these people. This movie shouldn't exist. It's just, like, it's like, a, it literally is like a dream. I mean, all the things that happen in your life during the day, your brain decides, oh, I'm just going to, like, <laughs> and that's what you're going to deal with for the next fucking six, hours, six to eight hours trying to sleep. That's what this movie felt like. Yeah. Like, not quite a nightmare, but, like, pre- way closer on this on that end of the spectrum than uh, a pleasant dream. Yeah, anything with secret surprise Nazis tends to, to not sit very Yeah, I, honestly, <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to, I mean, sidebar was to go through the whole list and figure out and quantify the amount of movies that have some sort of Nazi... There was a lot, like, right at the beginning, because it was this, it was, like, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Uh, where there was just a bunch, like, right, obviously indie, but indie. We, those aren't surprises for you, yeah. at least. But there were some other ones, like, again, right there in close proximity that we watched around the same time. We're just like, oh, shit, there's, like, a lot of weird surprise Nazis that we forgot about. <laughs> These yeah, movies. a lot. Yeah, just Death to Smoochie is a rightly forgotten film. Yeah. And it should stay locked in the vault. Right. Like. Yeah, it's not underrated. It's not overrated. It's not rated. It's just, it exists. And John Stewart can use it as a punchline to how he tried to be an actor before becoming very famous as a <laughs> daily show. I uh, forgot John oh, Stewart was in it. Like, yeah, I. He's like the producer or whatever for the TV network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, to your point, like, I'm glad that, like, I forgot most of the movie. I just remember having just a very bad time with it. Yeah, I apologize for that one. In my head, I thought it was better. Like, I remembered liking it as a kid, maybe because yeah. of different sensibilities. Plus, then you look back at the cast, you know, Ed Norton, Robin Williams, just like... It's got the pedigree. Yeah, it just... DeVito. Like, it's got a bunch of people in it where you're like, okay, I remember it being funny, and these people are all amazing. It should still be good, and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that one's on me. I apologize. For <laughs> right. Uh, to the both of you. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be apology corner. Or apology corner, everyone. Basically, so people are gonna have some yeah. things to yeah. Yeah. For. Yes. Um Do you want to stick? Do you want to do another one, Johnny, or do you want to, or or Death to Smoochie in there for you? And yeah, it's in there for me, so I'm not gonna touch on that one. But I'll uh, I'll bring up another one. Uh, I'm not gonna go into the, the deep end quite yet, but uh, broadcast news. Broadcast news is on my list as well. <sighs> That's right. I do remember you both really disliked that movie. I think it was another one where William Hurt and um, Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter, and the The, Albert uh, Brooks. Yes, and I'm like, this should be great. Great. This should Albert Brooks should be hilarious. The love triangle should work. Like everything about this set up perfectly for a really good movie. I just remember it being super bland and nothing, and it's in my bottom five because, again, it's a pedigree of who's involved. Should have dictated a much better movie, so I think I went in with higher expectations than I should have, uh, and therefore the movie suffered as a result. Right, and I think the problem with a lot of the movies that are on this list for me are 
who is this movie for? Like, what is the audience for this movie? Mm-hmm. Which is, I always find, like, you should know your audience for the movie. You shouldn't, like, take such a gamble and, like, polarize. Even more than polarize, like, shock. And then hopefully a week later, they're, like, possibly recommended to, like, the, the weirdest friend they know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, broadcast news, nothing memorable about it. I don't know what it was supposed to be, whether it was romantic comedy, workplace humor, uh, drama, insightful movie and broadcast. Like, I didn't really even learn anything about the broadcast environment. Mm-hmm. And then it had such a weird fucking ending. What was like that, like, gazebo wedding or not oh, even a wedding yeah, or... It was- they all met up five years later or something. And there was a kid and... Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Well, and especially because, like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of looked at you like you wrote the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Took for you a fucking answer. Thinking when you came up with that movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I remember not caring about the character, so having a, a reunion stinger just felt really unwarranted and unnecessary. I was like, why, why are we revisiting these people five years on? I didn't care what I watched in the moment. I don't care what happens to them in the future. Yeah. It would have been best just to leave William Hurt at the airport. Mm. Right. Just say goodbye right there. Just do a, a reverse Casablanca. A reverse Casablanca. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it made me want to watch like more Holly Hunter movie. Like, go seek mm. out because that is, I think, an actress that I had not had a lot of exposure with, mm-hmm. and I still have not gone out. But just thinking about it now, if I'm going to give the movie any sort of benefit, is that it's now making me thinking to go out and watch stuff mm-hmm. from her because I really enjoyed at least her performance. It's just, what what is it? What is this? What am I watching? Yeah. And we didn't get around to it. I know it's on the list, but we should together at some point watch Network because I feel like that's a much better movie that has more of what you were looking for out of broadcast news Yeah, in terms of like the behind the scenes, like the industry stuff part of it. Sure. Uh, and that movie's really, really good. So that'll be something that, that we'll get to at some point. The, the one that I had at number five on my list because... And it's going to be hard to talk about because I don't really remember a lot of it. I just remember really not liking it in the moment. And that's the player. Okay, yeah. Where I just, I remember not liking the mystery element. I remember not liking the, like, all of the Hollywood insider stuff about it just seemed really weird and stupid. The, like, the murder where he drowns him in a tiny puddle was really silly and, like, should have been more pivotal for a movie about the a guy going crazy from a murder he did. But, like, he pushed a guy and he fell in a little puddle. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are we doing? And then, like, him falling in love with the sister or whatever. Like, all of it just it didn't play right for me. Tim Robbins was good in it, but it was just a movie that I did not connect with, I think, from the start. And I, I don't really remember a lot of it as, uh, as a result. I was kind of going back and forth on uh, The Player and The Master as two of the movies that I just, like... I wasn't on its wavelength from the get-go sure. and kind of – not zoned out because, like, I was attentive and wrote notes and paid attention. But, like, it immediately washed away as soon as we were done with the episode and I finished it. Like, once it went up, I didn't think about that movie ever again. So it's hard to even, like, remember what happens right. in it. I just remember being very anti that movie uh, at the time. Or if I wasn't as anti, I think over time I've been become more anti now it's funny you mentioned the player because i was going through the list and i'm like there's some movies on this list where i don't even remember where i landed critically with the movie like i think the player was one that i also it's not my favorite movie about the industry because i enjoy 
movies about oh, yeah, filming love, process yeah, and it. that environment. It's a lot of fun. And I always enjoy a movie that tries to payroll like a million actors and actresses on it just for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to say that they, we have everyone. Come and see it. We'd like, you're gonna, you're, you like this person, they're in it for fucking two seconds in the parking lot. And I enjoyed some of the mystery elements of it, but I think it did wane a little bit towards the end for me. I don't, if I remember it correctly, but yeah. I think I ended in the middle of the road with it, but do you remember what you thought about that movie, Bridget? No, and I feel like it was one where it's like, I feel like I have to think about this movie more. And then I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, I think there are more parts where, like, I think this movie wants me to think it's, like, really meta, and it wants me to walk away thinking about, like, rethinking about other conversations and everything, and I'm like, well, maybe the movie's just, like, dumber than I think it is, and it's not as smart, or yeah. I think the movie's smarter, the movie thinks, I don't know, but... Yeah. You know, you can pose a thought exercise, like, a movie can, like, pose a question, but you have to make a compelling argument that it should be answered, and... Doesn't mean it's a bad question to ask, but I don't know. Yeah. It just... It bit up more than it should. I think it posed some interesting things in the beginning. Like, oh, this is interesting because it's going somewhere weird and the script is very similar to things going on or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is pretty cool. Um, and like, who is really Tim Robbins? Like, like, what is going on? But by the end, it's like, didn't even really answer any of that. And the movie's pretty, actually more straightforward than I thought it was going to be or something. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That's probably that's probably why it's kind of forgotten, maybe. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else do you have on your list, Bridget? Sort of controversial. Oh, strap in. I put hook on here. Oh, I figured we were going to see that from you mm-hmm. when I saw because you did. Up. You really did not like it at the time because it hits that that button for you. There's of... a button. Yeah, there's a button there, and just like it was long. There are fun parts of it. It's not fun enough. Mm-hmm. No, I do think I do think a lot of the weight is being carried by nostalgia for that movie. A hundred percent. Where like Johnny and I saw it as kids, rewatched it a bunch as kids. I assume, yeah. Same for you as well. Uh, loved Robin Williams growing up, so like Robin being in it is a huge plus in that category for me. But I totally get because it's a kids movie, because it's a little more serious than it probably should be, because it wants to tackle fatherhood. And absentee dadism and all of these other like big nineties issues. <laughs> big nineties, yeah. Uh, I, I I can understand how that would absolutely drain you, even if you didn't have the absentee divorce dad <laughs> hatred that that you do, uh, as we talked about with things like the Santa Claus. Um, I totally get why that wouldn't have sat well and in it, that regard. It just it's a bummer to watch. A performer like Robin Williams who can be so on, have so much charisma, have so much star power, and just be so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's not right to put him in a role where it's like, nope, I need you. Right now, what you're going for as a performer is to be not fun. Mm-hmm. But not in an interesting way, just in a boring way. Yeah. You're just mean. Like, you're just a mean adult. Right. And I did, like, you're not funny mean, you're just mean. Like... The way you snapped at your wife and kids just because you had to make a phone call, like, that's not okay. Like, that's that's hard to watch. Right. Yeah. I would say his arc isn't the smoothest ride mm-hmm. out of any we've seen. Uh, and it's rough because, yeah, he is a fucking dick through most of the movie. 
And then he has, like, an epiphany in the bottom of a tree trunk. <laughs> and flies. And all of a sudden, he's, like, the nicest dude ever. And, like, all of his quips and sassy remarks are completely out the door. And it's like... You kind of have to be, like, kind of swept up in John Williams' shit and Spielberg's film- filmmaking to sort of, like, really get on with that movie and i think more than anything else this is like a miss the boat thing for you yeah you miss fucking the ship i miss miss with the the cannons and all you miss all of it so i get it i think when in the post when we were hearing about all the stuff you were saying i think me and adam are pretty mom we're like you're You're not wrong I love uh, the movie, but I, you're not Yeah, wrong. correct. So I will forever watch that yeah. movie. I'll show it to my kids when they're kids. But I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I saw that and I'm like, I think we're just gonna talk about this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh what about you, Johnny? What else do you have on your on your bottom five? Uh bottom five, we mentioned it, we have to go into it forever. Short circuit was on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh had huge problems with this movie. Uh just because I I think it was, again, trying to piggyback off of the cutesy, animatronic, creature, uh, kid, befriends, whatever. So you had E.T. that killed it, and then yeah. you had Short Circuit. Mac and me. Mac and me, all the ones, you had Gremlins, other things. But this was a fucking seven foot tall, like, it's not a cute robot. It's just a fucking annoying thing. Yeah. It doesn't shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. It can't cook for shit. Well, similar similar movie with similar robot vibes. Like, we watched Iron Giant, and Iron Giant's great. And that's a kid befriends a robot movie that's done incredibly well. Incredibly well. And I'm not saying it has to be fucking the size of a toaster to be, like, cute and everything. Like no, the, but, but or that's a giant be, robot, too. Be, and that's yeah, a empathetic or movie. sympathetic, but yeah. 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 yeah, it just, it was super annoying. And I think just the movie in general, I just didn't like where the direction it was going. The horribly um, racist Indian accent. Oh, that was oh, a, Fisher Stevens brown face. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Again, another thing I saw as a kid that I'm pretty sure I thought was better than it was. Right. Um, yeah. And the two sort of like earthling leads, if you will, like if you want to think about like, okay, these are the people like who are straightforward and get it. Ali Sheedy and is it Steven Gutenberg? Steven Gutenberg, yeah. Also stuck. Like, just have, a weird duo match. Like, what was even the deal with those two? I don't know. Yeah, they don't have chemistry. And, like, There's I don't no mean chem- romantic chemistry. I just mean they don't have chemistry as people bouncing off each other. Yeah, isn't she, like, fucking, like, 17 years old? And this guy's, like, a software engineer who's, like, fucking Well, they're not, 42. like... 42. Were they trying to hook up? Like, I feel like they I just... I don't know. It is they're just trying weird. to get the robot to safety. I guess. But it doesn't work because they're, they're both just kind of, eh, throughout yeah. the whole thing. I will say the most delightful moment of that movie is when they destroy the decoy or whatever they destroy the robot or they destroy the helicopter which I think the robot was in mm-hmm. it was like a bait and switch but my goodness I was delighted you're over the moon over that. the moon to see that that dude fucking see his demise but <laughs> it was short lived and then he arose and said his name is Johnny and I fucking hated the movie before <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that was on my list I don't think it's no surprise that it is mm-hmm. what about you Adam what do you got what do you got next uh, so my my bottom two, I think, might also be on your guys' list, at least one of them. So I will go to one that is uh, actually, I think, my number four. And I've talked about it a lot. I've called back to it several times. But again, I think it's the pedigree of the actors involved and the baggage of what everybody else thinks of the movie. It's Sleepless in Seattle. Because, <laughs> like, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, wonderful. Love them both in pretty much everything they've ever been in. Um Meg Ryan's delightful. She's adorable. 
uh, she's funny and you know cute and all the all the things that you want for a female lead in a romantic comedy and then you make her a stalker but i'm supposed to root for her to cheat on her fiance who seems like a like a drip but a delightful guy like he seems super nice he's down with the whole thing even when she leaves he's like eh, well it wasn't for me then i guess you go find whatever you need right. uh, i'm happy for you cuz i'm a well adjusted adult <laughs> <laughs> and so i think the fact that they want me to root for her to get with this sad sack of a guy who Tom Hanks is great playing the sad sack, single dad, you know, watching the kid, like the kid wanting them to get together is the only part where I'm like, okay, I guess I kind of want them to get together because the kid's happy because he heard about it and they're in contact and he saw the letter and he believes in love. And isn't that nice that this kid whose mom is no longer in the picture still has that feeling, but just like, Watching her peer around from behind her car while she watches a man play football with his son is just inherently creepy. She's she's stalking him. She's emotionally cheating. She's going to the top of the Empire State Building hoping that this man was somehow tricked into coming here. <laughs> Everything about it is wrong. The performances in it are good, but I think what it was built up to be in terms of like the quintessential like 90s epic rom-com just was like, no, people like this? This is, oh, people took all the wrong lessons from this. (laughs) Like, I think they saw someone wants to fall in love with another person and went, oh, that's adorable. Whereas I saw it as, oh, that woman wants to follow this man around the country and steal him for love, maybe? I don't know. Uh, And so I just never got on its wavelength and it suffered as a result. So, but I know I've talked about that one a, a ton of referencing back to it. I was going back and forth a little bit because Moonstruck is also in my uh, bottom <laughs> of, of which one was worse. But I think what saved Moonstruck is I loved all of the world building Italian family stuff that, that elevated that beyond right. creepy, weird stalker Meg Ryan. Uh, Bridget, what else is on your list that we haven't covered? There's a, a big one that I'm pretty sure is going to be on... One or both of your lists, so I'm going to skip that one for now. One of our favorites lists? No. <laughs> Not one of the bottoms list. <laughs> okay. bottoms. Um, there's a real obvious choice that hasn't come up yet that we're, like, circling. I like, the drain. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not quite my bottom bottom, though. So, I will throw out Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. The... I guess, opener to the most recent series of Planet of the Apes movies. Yep. We talked a lot during Ape Roll. I love the original series a lot. And this movie had apes in it. And that felt like about the only. Yeah, it's as prequely as it can get yeah. in terms of a Planet of the Apes movie. So I, I get that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of animal peril, mm-hmm. which... I have a low tolerance for unless we're throwing a gorilla out of a plane <laughs> and he has a parachute. I don't don't need that mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> Fair. Um, not enough Brian Cox. Too much James Franco. And you hated the the other movie in the series that you saw. Yes. So that didn't help you going into it, I yes. think, too. That, that is true. It had a previous run-in with this series mm-hmm. prior yeah, you to the show. Seen War, the, yes, the third one, and then this was the first one. So you you've only missed the middle one, which I think Johnny and I both said was the best one. Yeah, I 
I enjoy the series. That's the weakest one, I think, out of the three. <laughs> and I think you only saw the third one on the recommendation from me to your husband that there were uh, monkeys shooting fully automatic yes. weapons running horses. <laughs> that uh, was the only reason. And I said, they look real. <laughs> it looks pretty real. <laughs> and I think he had brought you there like two nights later. Yep. And I didn't hear uh, anything about it. <laughs> Until you said it wasn't good. Uh, I think he was just, he didn't want to upset me because I thought it was great. Um, but, yeah, it, it it suffers from, like, that reboot stuff where it wants to tell the beginning or the genesis of a story. I think the effects aren't quite there yet. They are impressive, but they still look kind of wonky compared to some of the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. James Franco does suck in it, for the most part. And you're right, Brian Cox is great. I think he's he was uh, criminally underused through most of his career. Correct. Uh, and now with like the succession and everything, it's like where the fuck were people not using this guy before? He's great. Yeah, uh, they they made the wrong choice of taking Tom Felton, who was coming off the Harry Potter movies as a villain in those, sure, and making him like the main antagonist, I guess. When like it should have been Brian Cox, like he should have been the one doing all the yelling and the monkey yeah. torture. Instead of Draco. Like, they're like, oh, kids love Draco being a dick. Let's make him do that. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Give me Brian Cox. Right. Yeah. And I think in general, I think you are so subscribed and in love with the spirit and the tone of the originals mm-hmm. that it's just completely against what's going on here, which is very grim, very cynical, very just, it's not fun. Yeah, and I just, I like, I'm, the original movies are so goofy, but I do at least think they have, like, something to say. Yeah, there's some sort of commentary, yeah. Yeah. It's always like, it's like, how do you like your Batman? You know what I mean? Like, do you want a dead-ass Batman? Do you like that type of shit? Or do you more Tim Burton? Or even going back to Wes or whatever, like, who, like, how do you, how do you take your tea? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And just, but just, like, all artifice, all, like, Outside wrapping paper, no, nothing substantial in the middle. Right. Maybe a little bit more Brian Cox. Hmm. It's really just an effect showcase for whoever, like Weta, whoever did that. Yeah. Like it's it's for them to put in their their reel to show to get the awards, to get the stack and the glass case behind reception. Like that's that's what it's for. Like that's what that movie is made for, and that's unfortunate. A lot of these movies are made for, but every now and again you'll get movies that were. Those effects accentuate the story, or that's something that works better. And there wasn't really one there. Yeah, just really cool shit of like monkeys grabbing onto helicopters and stuff like that, and swinging them into cars. And yeah, if that's what you're there for, it's there. Riding horses down the Golden Gate Bridge was fun, but it's not anything we haven't seen in the Golden Gate Bridge scene before. Right, <laughs> basically yeah. is right. mayhem and destruction right. in the third act. What else do you have on your list, Johnny? Um, all right, so this is the second to last one for me. I think this one deserved to be on here because uh, it was really forgotten. We only mentioned it once, I think, on this episode, but Better Watch Out I thought was fucking terrible. See, I didn't even – it didn't crack my bottom five because, like, I just don't remember a goddamn thing from that movie other than the kids are jerks, like I said. <laughs> like, so right. because it was so forgettable, I, like, I couldn't put it in my bottom five, but I guess I probably should have because it was so forgettable that I – don't like 
I did the same thing as Bridget. Like, what was this one? And I had to Google it. <laughs> I think the movie just made me mad because I think it could have done something. It could have been just been bad or like okay bad, but it was bad in a way that like made me mad because the characters were so mean spirited and it was such a terrible movie in that sense. Where it was just I didn't. I didn't feel good after watching it, like because the kids are so terrible and murderous, and I don't know. I just again, I can't. Yeah. It's not like I was trying. I think I was. There was a bait and switch thing going on. It's not like say like Raging Bull where you just no one really to root for from the beginning. There's mm-hmm. no one there in the beginning. It's like you have these delightful, seemingly great kids, and there's some good setup and some cool little scares in the beginning, and then all of a sudden it just becomes an ugly movie. Just mm-hmm. ugly. Yeah. I was looking through, when I was looking through my notebook for things to bring to this episode, I I did find my notes for that movie, and I was yeah. like, Funny Games Jr. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> like, right. Ugh. You're right. It was mean-spirited. That's probably why I've forgotten it. And again, I like, I like, again, you take a holiday like Christmas that is just so full of joy and then but you have movies like Bad Santa and stuff that make fun of it poke fun of it even on a mature you know explicit level but here it's just just mean it's ugly it's not something I'm gonna want to put on like even Black Christmas like you still get the holiday vibes there it's just you got people to root for that here just just a gross movie yeah it's nothing yeah and when the kids like switch on a dime to being like all right we're gonna do rapes and murders now like we were doing pranks before but now we're going to do rapes and murders it's like oh no can i not watch it just and i think the biggest thing we had a problem with was there's no motivation yeah we were trying to figure out why is it how did this kid fall so far from grace with this chick that he had a fucking crush on they never explained why i think it was a throwaway line or something like you didn't accept my kiss that one time like yeah when my parents are away or it's because she has a, a a normal aged boyfriend as opposed to wanting to hook up with this 11-year-old. Right. <laughs> like, she's a 17-year-old with a 19-year-old boyfriend, probably, but... The movie's a fucking mess. Yeah. 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 So, that's why it's there. Mm-hmm. That's fair. What about you? What's your uh, your second? Uh, so, I got two left, I think. At least one of them will be on somebody else's list, so I'll put one that I just... I never got in the wavelength from the beginning, and it was a real letdown considering how much of a surprise... Uh, its predecessor was, and that's staying alive. Like, oh, okay. I expected less than nothing going in. I got even less out of it. Um, but I think because I was so pleasantly surprised by staying al- uh, by Saturday Night Fever that I was like, you know what? Like, I know nobody talks about staying alive, and it could be a real joke that Sylvester Stallone directed this movie about Broadway dancing in the '80s. So I like shouldn't expect too much, but it just it was boring. It was stupid. The character choices didn't seem to make sense given the characterizations we got in the previous movie. Like, it just felt completely disconnected, like it was a completely separate movie, and then somehow it wanted me to tie it back to the first one, and I just, like, I couldn't find enough threads for it. So, uh, it it was just something I never, like, got on board with from the beginning. And I know you had mentioned kind of coming around towards the end with how ridiculous the song was and the dance number was, and even then I was just like, Maybe done with this, please. Like this is kind of just boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I again, I I struggled to find anything to grab onto with that movie for a long stretch, and I don't know how it kind of came around. Maybe because I started just like letting loose, and I don't know. Just I realized what the movie was going to be, and it just sort of like we just let's do more dance numbers, more dance numbers, 
and the dance numbers got like more and more ridiculous and i think what really made me funny like what was funny is that we never really got a sense of the production of the actual show mm-hmm. until like towards the end and when we finally got it, it's like this is what they've been training for or like working on for months it was just absurd so funny and you had once his mother like in the audience like just wowed yes delighted and her son's crawling around like sweating like like humping and fucking everything on yeah. stage yeah. throwing a woman yeah throwing a <laughs> <laughs> So I, for me, at the end, I just there wasn't the movie wasn't trying to like do anything more than the last one. It was doing a hell of a lot less, and uh, it also was fairly innocent in nature. So I just it was easy to forgive. I think something where yeah, and like it's not a good movie. You're no. absolutely right. It's one of the worst ones that we've seen. Well, and I think too that like what we had touched on with Saturday Night Fever and Moonstruck and things like that is the work that New York family Sunday gravy like vibe. Yeah. And this completely stripped all of that away. We didn't get a ton of scenes with the mom and the dad like arguing over dinner or whatever. Like we didn't get any of those like cool city vibe moments. And so like one of the things that I loved the most about the first one that I hoped they would take into the sequel and they took almost nothing from the sequel except the name of the main character basically. Like it's it's so detached from the movie that surprised and delighted me that I was just like almost mad at it be like how did you miss this far how did you make all of these wrong choices when like you had a template there that you really just had to do kind of the same movie maybe tone down some of the hardcoreness of it and you could have yourself a pretty decent sequel uh and they just like were like nope we just want to throw everything out and just stick with uh with john travolta's character and yeah, I mean, day. most of the budget went to his fucking paycheck, and all they had left was just the music of the contemporary music of that time, which we talked about was like six years after or yeah. whatever it was. So we're dealing with more '80s dancey, synthy stuff. We're not, we don't have the disco is gone, mm-hmm. and then it just felt even ridiculous for them to tack it on at the ends, put the staying alive at the end, and have him walk out of the fucking dance studio. <laughs> yeah, I got a strut. I got a strut. I got to go on strut. So, yeah, completely so valid, but, yeah. yeah, one that did not uh, insult me nearly as much. Bridget, is there anything left on your bottom list? Yes. Okay. So, my my number one bottom worst movie is The Santa Claus. Mm, yeah. I figured that for you. Yeah. Yeah, you really... I was kind of surprised how much you hated it. Because <laughs> that one actually held up better than some of the other, like, say, Hook. Like, I really like Hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't change that much for me, but watching it, I was like, oh, this is a lot slower. It's a lot harder to, to get through. I can see why Brita's having a tough time with it. The Santa Claus, I still thought was, like, brisk and fun, and but, like, I didn't, ha- I didn't know about this until it happened to you <laughs> uh, in the after part, because, like, it's not something we touched on, but, like, that hit your, like, I can't deal with you button, basically. Yeah, yeah. like, a, a, f- a fuck off. <laughs> Just, like... <sighs> <laughs> fuck that movie like <laughs> yeah I I I think you kind of opened my eyes a lot to that movie I think when I was young and watching the movie I was blind to pretty much thematically <laughs> everything yeah. that was going on and I was laughing at like and, and it, like an adult rapidly gaining weight and getting mail <laughs> lots of mail so I just and, and, and <laughs> I love that that's the breakdown of the movie 
a, a, a man gets fat and lots of mail. And just and I used to be I used to like this the the North what they did with the North Pole and I liked the, his little assistant yeah. with uh, Bernard. Bernard the salty elf and him drinking like the world's best cup of cocoa from like an elf who was apparently like ten thousand years old. Yes. Who looks like a three-year-old. Yeah, but it's still giving him the eye. Correct. Yeah, that's the, that, that, that's the stuff that I was looking at. Like, I, I was looking at like, the, the Cookie Master disc thing that would come out of the sleigh. <laughs> yeah, the cocoa dispenser. The cocoa dispenser with the Cookie 3000. Like, yeah. while you are just like, this movie is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Take the cookie dispenser. Get the thing out of here. Choke on the cookie. Yeah, choke on the cookie. <laughs> well, just like, they kill Santa. Yeah. Someone should be going to jail. It was an accident. No. Yeah. At, at negligence is right. not an accident. You chose to, not to, clean to cut corners. I just remember your reaction when we got to Sad Dad Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because he goes to Denny's with the kid because he burns the entire holiday dinner somehow. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a bunch of other really sad divorced <laughs> yeah, drinking eggnog with their son. With their kids, and they want no moons over Miami. They're not having it. Yeah. And you were just like, this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That and was pretty like, early on. You, you, I know. Oh, and yeah. I literally, I had forgotten about it. I, like, went through, I sort of, like, compiled my list, and, like, there were things like Short Circuit I had put on there, a few others, and I was like, let me go back to the top. And I saw it, like, a fucking thumb in the eye and I was like fuck that movie that was yeah. the fourth <laughs> thing we watched <laughs> like, it was no, like right like right there Tim Allen's character is reprehensible um I know probably the moral of the story is that people can change but they don't that's not actually true <laughs> <laughs> that's and why this movie's fake yeah <laughs> it's like Fictitious. um and it's offensive that he would be considered to be a Santa that they would allow him to become Santa. Well, for some reason, the, the business card says hand. if you murder a Santa, you get to become Santa. All you got to do is put on a jacket. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I hate that movie more than like I like the fourth indie didn't even like hit my yeah. list necessarily. Yeah. Like, I think one part. Did we watch it together? No, we didn't. Right. Uh, I don't remember. It might have been like the so. last one we watched before we broke for quarantine around Christmas. Maybe yeah, I don't toward, remember. Towards the end, we're like we're trying to like recognize if it's him or not, and both of the parents are like Santa. <laughs> like I <laughs> thinking back on how would you hate that movie? I can imagine your reaction to that. You're like, no, that is not fucking Santa. It's <laughs> Tim Allen. Yeah, Take your dating game and your little weenie whistle. <laughs> Fuck off. God. He's so mean to the stepdad. Who's just trying. Yeah. Just trying. Just wants to be a part of the family. Yeah. Just wants to be Charlie's friend. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It is like, funny, though, like, when the dad uh, is like, Scott, he's like, you're losing it, bud. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I know, like, I just remembered, like, the scene where, like, the first Christmas Eve where, like, the kid drops off, gets dropped off and the mom is kind of like... Hey, you're late, and he's Tim Allen's just like, yeah. Well, you're a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Your fucking sweaters over there, all right. All right. 
Good grief. Go back to Judge Good. Reinhold. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's a drink to, like, the lactose God. intolerant milk or some shit like that. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> chalky. Yeah. Uh, what so. about you, Johnny? Is there any, any others on your list that we didn't get to for your bottoms? Yes. Is it the one that I have left? Yes. <laughs> we haven't compared notes, but I think you're right. Go for it. Uh, Annette. It, it is Annette. It's Annette, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, again, it's one of your who's this for. Uh, it's a jail sentence. Well, I think uh, I was sentenced. I don't know what my crime was. I don't know what I did. I was like fucking Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. I did not kill my wife. I was running for two hours. Bridget said, I don't care. You're yeah. watching a neck. Brid- Bridget was Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> chasing me through the woods, telling me to keep my eyes open and peel to the screen. <laughs> Jumping off the theoretical fucking water tube <laughs> to get out of the fucking thing. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know where, I think it just, the movie alienated me right from the beginning with its song number, which was so... Bizarrely written and composed and off rhythm and so, I just don't know. I don't know if it was even a, a song to what I was listening to. It was like people talking to the screen as a group, semi rhythmically in a dark street, <laughs> like sometimes snapping their finger. Like I don't. It hurt <laughs> right from the beginning. The the only thing I should add to this. Is that I'm sorry, but I do have something. <laughs> you did say you did apologize profusely, yeah, like, and yeah. we accepted Multiple most times. of them. Yeah. yeah, I hold no ill will. I'll say that. Yeah, okay, but it's bad. It, it is bad. <laughs> and within five minutes, I knew I had made a huge mistake. I was like, I should have just sent them a a clip of the puppet. Yeah, but this movie is like being painfully high. Like, so high. Begging to come down. And you're like, please let me down. Like, But you're in a flight rig above a football stadium and there's no coming down. Right. (laughs) What is this stand-up set? Oh, no. Like, so bad. Adam. (laughs) It's, I, I, I don't remember large stretches of it because I think I just blocked it out. It made no sense in the moment. None of the character choices work. I like Adam Driver and Simon Helberg and Marion Cotillard. Like, I like all of them. Again, it's a good cast. Should have elevated this. Everyone was talking about it on social media that week that it came out. They're like, oh my god, Annette. You've got to see Annette. <laughs> Everyone's got to watch Annette. And, and Bridget came in. She's like, guys, I saw this thing about Annette. And I think we should watch it. And we're like, okay, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of reactions on Twitter being like, oh, my God, you got to watch Annette. I'm driver and Annette. Oh, my God. And then we watch it. I was like, oh, they were fucking with us, weren't they? All those tweets, all those are articles, all those headlines. They were fucking with me to get me to watch this because they had to watch it. And that's not fair. <laughs> you should have to note that you're doing parody on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to alert me when you're doing a big lie. <laughs> like... You should watch a net. <laughs> How dare you, blue check marks? How dare, dare you? <laughs> you blue check yeah. marks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a big mess. Uh, it's it's at the bottom for a reason. I'm glad that you didn't come away loving it, Bridget, while Johnny and I hated it. I'm glad that we were at least all on the same page that it was nonsense. Because that would have been a lot harder of a discussion of the way Johnny and I felt about it in the immediate aftermath if you had loved it. 
No. And so if, we were a team there, which I appreciate. <laughs> I, I would just like to, not to make it about me, but I had to have a <laughs> doubly layered, torturous experience in that not only was it bad, but I knew that you guys were hating it as well, and it was all my fault. <laughs> So, like... Yeah, and for the sake of the show, we had to go on with it. Like, I keep going. I just... Yeah, there's... I literally, I was like, should I quit? <laughs> should I resign? Right, there's no moment where Dad's going, like, he's hitting stop, and it's like, his blog post is still open, we're throwing <laughs> this fucking <laughs> evil piece of thing off of the Dropbox. I know, we should, like, God... I should have said, like, what's 90 minutes on the list? <laughs> start over. Start over. <laughs> We're care. like, d- it does not matter. We don't even have to record a new before part. We we'll can just, come just back jump and be right like, in. Guys, I know we told you we were watching Annette. I'm sorry. Feel free to pause this and come back later. We watched The Santa Claus 2. Like, yeah. Like, we put on something that hopefully would be less painful for at least Bridget. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just even like his like stand up act things that he did for two or three sequences in the movie were one of the most painful stretches. Oh, the worst! I just oh my god, he's running around in a robe, smoking a cigarette. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Not what I want him to do. Oh my god! All right, well, let's shake the the taste of Annette out of our uh, collective mouths now, because we got everybody's bottom five list complete, correct? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's... So let's go. Let's go all the way reverse. Let's go to the top. Let us let us finish this out. Uh, this supersized episode with our top five. If you've got them in any kind of order, I would say start from five and work our way to one. But uh, we started at the bottom with Bridget. So Johnny, I'll start with you. Can you give us your Number five, or at least something in your top five that was really, really good that you came away loving. Really enjoyed Thief. So I know we said it a few times. I just, I really liked that movie. I, I thought the soundtrack, I think right when it started, both me and Bridget were like, this is going to be amazing, regardless of what sort of visuals are on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the soundtrack is awesome. Uh, and it became sort of like this man on a mission, old school, grungy, Taken style that predated all of that shit uh, with killer costume corner and some brutal uh, kills at the end and uh, with an ending that uh, didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoyed it. And the cars were cool. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd be sad that Jim Belushi died in a movie. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> It's not a. It's not an actor. Quite I horrendously thought, so. That's not an actor I ever thought would make me feel anything. <laughs> so, right. uh, props to him for that. Yeah, at the very least. But yeah, Colin was great in it. Uh, just total dick swaggering performance. Owned every scene. A uh, lot of tense dialogue scenes that didn't really have a lot of violence, which I liked. And uh, yeah, it was it was a Michael Mann movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was really cool to see some of his earlier stuff. So yeah, that was one for me. Yeah, that's on my my list as well, like my sort of broader list of like favorite things we've done. Mm -hmm. Because it was kind of a surprise, like we picked it because James Caan had passed away. See, sometimes we get it right. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Soundtrack was amazing. So many good scenes. The bad guy is so menacing. Yeah. Like that deal with the devil scene Mm. where he's like, I can find you a baby. 
And you're like, oh no. That's right. Don't, don't get the baby. Don't get a baby from him. Don't That's take baby. a baby from him. And then, like, when the turn has happened and he's like, I'm going to put your wife on the streets. <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Good Christ. Lord. Um, Switch flipped. Oh, right. Okay, so it's not Gene Hackman I'm thinking of. That guy is the dude from Mrs. Doubtfire, the guy who owns the television studio. Yes. Yes, that's who that guy is. I don't know why I kept thinking about Gene Hackman, but that's who that guy is. That's the guy who gives his a fucking hole right through his head. Yeah. Next to the lamp. I can't see a lampshade. <laughs> it's covered in blood. Yeah. It's his blood. That's the yeah. blood. That, <laughs> that's the blood. Okay. Bridget, what's uh what's your number five or in your in your top five? In my top five. When I was assembling this, I, I don't have, like, a real order, but, like, the first movie that came to mind was Black Christmas. Mm, okay. We've talked a little bit already yeah. on the show about, but just, I really, really, really liked that movie. I, I think it's just because we came in with no expectations, really. Yeah. Because I don't remember if it was something that, like, we were just looking up christmas horror movies or if because nobody had seen it we had zach on for this and he hadn't seen it either i think zach recommended it or maybe actually. zach recommended it okay yeah. there was i think oh it was the the other one that we watched that he had never seen the better watch out the, yeah. yeah um because he had yeah he had just watched it like the christmas before that's right um so like coming in with no expectations for it as a movie and then probably even weirder expectations for it as a christmas horror movie it's amazing that it ended up being as good as it was in blue blew you away to be where it's in your top five and blew me away where it was my most surprising, so. Yeah, and it's one that I've been like, I would like to watch that movie again. And I'd like to watch it with someone who's never seen it before. Yeah, it's a perfect thing to throw in the Christmas rotation because you know there are people who are like, can we not watch like a The Santa Claus? Well, just <laughs> any of the sweet, saccharine, Christmassy, Hallmark movies, uh, you know, any of the other kids' yeah. Christmas movies. Like, sometimes you need a break from that. Especially if you don't have kids, or you're like, let's just get a group of adults together and throw on the Christmas horror movie that nobody's seen, and let's make that a thing that we watch. So yeah, that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Yeah. How about you, Adam? What's uh, your five? My number five is one that we have talked about um, a bunch so far in this episode, and that's the Poseidon Adventure. That's uh, on my list too. I had a I had a real fun time with it. It was exciting. The performances were all great. Just, like, everything about it clicked. And for a movie that, like, I knew had got remade and was based on something else, like, it it just kind of flew under the radar in terms of expectations. And then when we were done, I was just like, holy shit, that was so much fun. Like, that was just a really fun movie. I cared about all the characters. I was sad when they died. I was excited when the crew that made it made it. The twists and turns of like, do we go this way? Oh, no, this way's a dead end. And Oh, and somebody died. Let's go this other way. Or is this person going to turn out to be a huge bitch the whole time and like ruin it for everybody? Oh, no, they like figured it out and then we're moving along. Yeah. Um, so like everything about it just like worked and I didn't expect it. And it just kind of, there was a lot here where I was, the top 10 has a lot where I'm like, any of these could be in it. But just the sheer fact of I went in knowing nothing about it. And coming away loving it as much as I did, it had to sneak into the the top five for me. Yeah, I'll touch on it quick because it's on my list. But I would, yeah, I, it was like a theme park ride for me. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, seeing a big budget movie back then and doing it right and getting it right and having all these cast of characters and like you said, taking twists and turns and subverting your expectations with some characters who are going to survive and make it and the performances, great. Mm. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Anytime Gene Hackman is yelling in a movie. Great stuff. Good it's stuff. a good time, but... And he does it quite a bit, so... Mm-hmm. It's... Check out his whole filmography. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but very good in this, and just great set pieces. A lot of mayhem. A lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, so what's something else on your uh, top five, John? Um, this will be quick, because I know we already talked at length about this one, but Saturday Night Fever is mm-hmm. on my list. Just for all the reasons we already talked about, uh, just completely surprised me with how uh, dark in tone it was sometimes, how real it got the the scene at the time, the the dance numbers, all of it. It was just a delight to watch all the way through and just tapped on a lot of elements that I enjoy in movies. And when movies can nail things that shift tonally and do it right for the most part through the movie and nail it and land it, it's it's cool. It's cool to see. So Yeah, even someone like me who was enjoying everything they saw but wasn't sure if I was doing it the right way, like it was still I like I don't know if we enjoyed the movie in the same way, but like we both enjoyed it and I think that's what is makes it such a good movie yeah. is that you can like it for its dead assness, so to speak, and I can like it because I'm laughing because I think it's all really silly yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they're making really silly choices, but they're doing it completely seriously. But it's really funny to me. I feel like that's a different way of enjoying that movie than even, like, my mom, who enjoys it because it's, you know, gyrating John Travolta. (laughs) So, like, all power to that movie for what it was able to accomplish. I was so happy that you both enjoyed that movie. Yeah, you needed a makeup, didn't you? (laughs) I I did. I was like, I really needed a win. Yeah. But it is, it's one of my favorites, and I feel like it does have a lot to recommend it, whether you're watching it. Or Johnny's reasons, or Adam's reasons, or Adam's mom's reasons, (laughs) Um, or all of the above. It's a good time. Yeah, we cast a wide net. Mm -hmm. Yes. For sure. Uh, What about you, Bridget? What else is in your top five? Another one in my top five. And this was almost Mortal Kombat 95. And then I thought about it more, and I realized... Mortal Kombat 95 is technically a goofier version of Enter the Dragon, which is a movie that does just rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally rock. Straightforwardly. Rocks. Also on my list. <laughs> yes. So I should probably put Enter the Dragon, though Mortal Kombat 95 gets an honorable mention. Mm. Um, so good. Bruce Lee's fucking amazing. Um, so sculpted. So mm. sculpted. Just... So amazing to watch. It makes you very sad that you we don't have more sure. Bruce yeah. Lee movies. I mean, we have more, but just not enough. Not enough. <laughs> we don't continue <laughs> more to have the, more. More than the yeah. ones that we have gotten. That, yeah. Like, his career was cut short. Let me put it that way. Yes, yes. Um, remember all the birds? Remember the banquet scene? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. The bird cages. Yeah. The bird cages. Everybody got a kimono, I think. Everybody got oh, a yeah. kimono. <laughs> yeah, all the individual fights that were happening, right? Yep. It's a great movie. Yeah. And, like, the Hall of Mirrors. Mm. Oh, what a so great... So stylish. Yeah, so stylish. Such a fun thing to shoot and work with and the angles and seeing and playing with. It was a fun house. Yeah. Yeah. He's so committed to the role. Like, so fucking committed. Like, that guy on set was probably so intimidating to work with. Yeah. It's like, can, like they're just trying to block the shot. Like, if you go over there and he's just looking at you, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I just, I just need to kind of, like, go over there for a second. Like, I'll move where I want him. Yeah. Right. Okay. How, how dare you? Yeah. 
Okay, whatever. I'll just piggyback off of that. Yeah. I would just say that that end fight, excellent. Everything you said, exactly what we all agreed on. I would say it has one of the best ending shots ever of all the movies we've seen. That fucking claw just sitting there. I was laughing the entire credits. Like, it's so amazing. <laughs> and when what the, a choice. <laughs> yeah, dude, when the claw makes its first appearance, because doesn't it come out of a... Comes out like, of a like a box. case yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. a special yeah, it like goes into box. like his his hand museum and like pushes a button. <laughs> his hand museum. <laughs> the guy's all Mandible like, museum. Yeah, like, hmm. like takes away like just his gold hand. He's like, give me the claw. What <laughs> choice? Yeah, fuck some shit up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we talk about too the 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 dummy kick where he just flies out of the screen and mm-hmm. the speed of sound just incredible. Oh my. Yeah. That will be forever part of your your GIF repertoire. It will be. Point. Oh, for yeah. sure. Anytime you gotta tell someone to get out of here, it's that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's enough. Make, but yeah, make like, yeah, make like Bruce Lee's fucking uh, adversary and get the fuck out of here. How about you, Adam? Um, so my number four uh, was a movie that capped off a great month of movies. That I was a theme that I really got on board with from the start. Uh, was a super big fan of, I'm pretty sure, everything that we watched that month. Uh, and that was Noir November, uh, which capped off with uh, Basic Instinct. Oh, yeah, you did love that. I loved Basic Instinct. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect going in, because all I knew at the time was it's got the, like, crisscross scene. That's yeah. all I knew about it. And just, like, the sexual thriller aspect of it, I didn't know to expect. Michael Douglas was amazing. Sharon Stone was amazing. The whole, like, final takedown, like, in the elevator hallway scene was great. The constant, like, is she into him? Is she, a, like, a terrible Black Widow murder type? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm along with every single twist and turn that this movie wants to throw at me. I'm rooting for Michael Douglas to succeed. I'm rooting for him to get murdered. I'm rooting for her to get away with it. I'm rooting for them to catch her, like... No matter what way that movie went by the end of it, I was like, I'm here for it. Because everything leading up to it uh, has been an absolute laugh riot uh, in terms of just like, what? They just did that too? Like, what? Who's doing what over here? Do they just fuck? Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, she's clearly a murderer. What are you doing? Oh, this is fun. (laughs) And so I I just had an absolute blast with it. uh, Expected next to nothing going into it and got way more than I bargained for. uh, And it was just the perfect capper to... Watching older noir movies, watching newer movies that are set in the old period to make them noir, like Chinatown. Yeah. Everything about that month, I loved every single one of those movies. And this one was had a lot of those elements, but was so so vastly different than them that it was just like I love it. I love every part of it. Yeah. And so that was that was a hoot. Would absolutely watch that again uh, in a heartbeat. I really really like that movie. It's so good. It's so trashy, so pulpy. So juicy, just like <laughs> everyone is hot in this movie. Oh my god! The soundtrack it just is just relentlessly good. Like it just is like that classic noir saxophone. Like is that a Silvestri? I think so. Right? Yeah, it just it's so good. And then like even like the 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 car chases on like Highway One Hundred One, whatever it is that follows that fucking ridge line in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his his uh his partner is fantastic, where he's just like you fucked her, didn't you? Oh no, you fucked her. You 
oh, you fucked her. It's just like, I, he is great in it. Newman from Seinfeld is fucking great in it. Like, what, that scene where she does the, the classic, like, all their cross, faces are hilarious. They're all just sweating, like, cigarettes are ashed all the way to the end yeah. of their fucking mouth. Yeah, it's just, it's a classic psychosexual thriller that we're all coming out there in the 80s and 90s, body heat, body double, all of that shit. Wild Things did a great job of reviving that a little bit mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. I love Wild Things, too, because it is just, a, it's so trashy. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It just got an absurd amount of twists. Excellent choice. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> that is, you know, I sort of put Roadhouse in this, too. Absolutely. Yep. Like, of just, like, you know, there's films, there's movies, and there's flicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a flick. <laughs> like, that's one of the categories for the podcast. There's films and there's flicks. There's yeah. films and there's flicks. Yeah. Like, and Basic Instinct is like a perfect flick. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. It's not. It's like a, it's not insubstantial necessarily, but no. it just is a totally different. It's a it's a Friday night six pack and delivery pizza kind of like you know I'm just gonna throw this on like fuck it let's let's yeah. have ourselves an evening right. <laughs> And also, the guy who did this did uh, RoboCop. He yep. did Starship Troopers. So this guy does flicks. Yes. Mm. <laughs> this fucker does flicks. <laughs> so it shouldn't be a terrible surprise knowing who's behind the lens here. But yeah, it's just, it, that's what he does. Yeah. That's the type of movies he makes. But yeah, just excellent, excellent movie. Yeah, I, I almost would want to think about going back to a list of like the movies we recommended or like we love and just going through but I'd get a headache probably doing that <laughs> um, good choice glad to see it on there yeah what else is in your uh, top five Johnny I know we've overlapped a little bit for a few yeah of yours. Uh, so Poseidon Adventure we talked about Enter the Dragon Saturday Night Fever Thief so we're pretty much at my number one okay um, and we mentioned we mentioned the movie maybe not so much the movie like the character but I absolutely loved the first King Kong Mm. 1933 I thought because you had not seen that before going into this I if I had if I had seen it it was in the respect that I'd seen it you know it was on yeah yeah so seeing it now um I just the the visual effects and everything has such a profound effect on me like because you could easily be like, it looks goofy. And I think maybe, Adam, you had said that it does yeah. look goofy. Like, for me, though, like, there were long stretches of it where I'm like, this looks so fucking awesome for what they were trying to do, how they did it. Uh, Faye Ray is the mm-hmm. the blonde the, in yeah. there. Excellent screamer, just does what's being called uh, for. And yeah, and I, you know, I think it also reminded me, I used to watch movies, you know, like Dave and the Argonauts and like Sinbad and the Seven Seas and where you had a lot of these sort of stop motion, claymation situations uh, that admittedly look janky and weird, but they have such a charm to them and uh, a craft that should be respected because it takes a ton of time to do. Yeah, and it was just an old school adventure movie. It just, it. I, I, I liked it a lot. I they just for a movie that I think like maybe for you, Adam, or other people that would say it looks silly, I was actually I found it be captivated shockingly by it. So really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. It does it does hold up, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the stop motion, like you mentioned a lot of like the Harry Housen movies, 
it like it works for the time period. The eyes on the gorilla are a little ridiculous for my taste, and so yeah. that that makes it hard to watch as like a serious like monster movie. Sure, um, but I understand the technical achievements of a 1933 monster movie, and it absolutely does everything it sets out to do in a way that, while in 2020 when we watched it, or 2021 when we watched it, it was a little silly. Yeah, but like. Still, from a technological uh, achievement and impressiveness standpoint, like it, it absolutely nails that. Yeah. And you love a good ape monster a, movie, yeah, yeah. Well, an ape monkey. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it, it surprises me none that you uh, love that when movie ape. as much yeah. as you do. <laughs> I think the scares hold up too. Mm. I remember being shocked by. The body's getting thrown down the cavern. Oh, yeah. The body's getting thrown. The way he initially, like, comes through the woods and grabs Fay Ray and, like, just snaps her. And she's the way she's just screaming is so horrendous. It's like a man chasing a woman through Central Park. It just sounds <laughs> that yeah. unsettling. Yeah. Um, and there's the, the woman he pulls out of the building, I think, like, thinking it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like... No, I'm Elsie. He's like, ugh, like throws her down. Oh yeah, <laughs> brutal. Ah, but yeah, just I just movie was a ton of fun. Great old Hollywood flick that uh, un- understandably shook the filmmaking going world when they saw it. Yeah, because I mean, I think it was a long time before people said that in the same breath. I think when they saw like our Star Wars or Jurassic Park or whatever, they started seeing more special effects. I think. King Kong was in that breath because that's what the standard was for decades Yeah, after it was released. Yeah. So, very cool that it still holds up for uh, someone as young as me. Mm. <laughs> uh, what else do you have in your top five, Bridget? Superman. Mm. Of course. Yeah, favorites. you really like Superman. I really like Superman. That is a really good movie. It's a it is very really good. fucking good movie. It holds up. It holds up in a way that the Burton Batmans don't, and I would say, like, even a lot of... I think the closest, if you were going to look at a superhero movie, like, the Raimi Spider-Mans, mm. I think still feel <laughs> like you can watch them, like, in the same way, yeah. but I just, it felt so timeless. Yeah. And just like, yep, I'm going to give you a straightforward Superman interpretation yeah, and it gives you so much of the classic elements, the Boy Scout, the flying, the speed, the... Oh, there he is. Speed. Uh, <laughs> Lex going off Did the Did he hurt us? Yeah. Um, yeah, you get the, the speed and all of the classic Lois and Clark dynamic, the quick change in the phone booth. Like, so many of the things just hit, and they hit well. And it doesn't... Like, Lex is kind of eh as a villain, and his plan is kind of meh. But you honestly don't care because it's not what you're – you're here to see Superman do Superman things. Mm-hmm. And the Superman things he does are impressive and the effects are great. And the tagline of you'll believe a man can fly is like so on point because none of that visual effects work feels dated or wonky. It just looks like he's flying. Yeah. And like it easily could have looked really stupid or it could have been – like because I think because he's flying at you, it feels different than if he was going like left to right on a a two D plane, like so many flight sure. visuals that had happened before and since. 
that like because he's flying at you and he's catching things and he's carrying Margot Kidder and the, like the whole thing just just works. Yeah. And set the standard for again for decades because that came out in 77 and there wasn't really another good superhero movie until Batman 89 because so many of the Superman sequels just fell flat and like they they forgot what they were doing basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the movie's very charming. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's endlessly charming. It has a lot of heart, uh, which I think are missing in a lot of superhero movies. Again, I haven't seen a lot of the new Marvel movies, things like that, so I can't really speak to that. But as far as the movies I have seen and the, the progression of how superheroes are portrayed on screen, I think for a long time they went in a direction where let's make it brooding and dark and dead-ass, where this is so American Pie... Uh, like, there's a scene early on where he's looking outside of a window, like a sunset, and there's like a box of Cheerios there. It's like, this is American as fuck right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to spin the tape all the time when I was a kid. I think to the point where I think, again, I was young enough where I didn't really make the two-hour mark. I was probably falling asleep a lot of the times when I was going to put it on. So I think I've seen the first third of the movie way more than I've seen the rest of it. But I also appreciate that a part. I think a lot more than maybe you guys do, the other ones, the Lois Lane, stuff like that. I just like that sort of him becoming Superman and the score is a little different and the crystal in the barn and the other worldly stuff. I, all of that stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the credits flying at the screen in the beginning, just buckle the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, naked baby lifting the truck, the whole thing. <laughs> I forgot about the naked baby yeah. lifting the truck. The theme um, is so iconic. So iconic. Great, great score. Um, and yeah, the Lex Luthor stuff is silly, and it it does sort of come to, a, not a stop, but it be, the tone and everything, the speed of the movie loses rhythm a bit once we go into his like, underground Grand Central, Grand Central lair. Love that pool, though. The pool's great, um, and I love that he feels so, like, fortunate and rich that he can just put on his robe like in the pool and like walk i would when i saw that i'm like mom would never allow that why is that guy (laughs) wearing a robe in in the pool wait till you get out of the pool (laughs) this guy not have a mom (laughs) no he just has missed my car yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah all that stuff and then like uh superman saving her out of the car that gets buried by rocks or whatever I think I think we had talked about. I think it was the first time I saw like, a dead body in a movie, and I was like, "Mom, what the fuck is going on?" But Lois, Lois but... not breathing. Yeah. Can't breathe under rocks. Oxygen <laughs> <laughs> <It's awkward> <laughs> <in> those rocks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great pick, great movie. Uh, just so delightful and heartwarming and innocent and. Very not violent at all for what a lot of superhero movies are. No, and but still exciting and engaging. All the stuff that takes place on Krypton at the beginning is really cool. Oh yeah, did you you had some notes about uh, our boy? Yeah, dude, talk about costume corner. Yeah, yeah, Um, shiny suits and Krypton. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, and this is a movie that you know. The score, the theme is really iconic. There are a lot of iconic things that have filtered into pop culture, and it could very easily have the sort of Simpsons effect that you talk a lot about, Adam, Mm -hmm. of like, I've absorbed this through osmosis, and therefore it's not as cool. 
But even if you know all of those things, it still is just as cool. It's still just as magical. Yeah, you could know every beat of this movie, and I don't think it would take away from the enjoyment of it. Like, you could read the Wikipedia plot synopsis and then go watch the movie and be like, that was delightful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's just the mark of a good movie. Yeah. What do you got, Adam? Uh, So number three on my list was Roadhouse. Okay. I really, really loved Roadhouse. That was a hoot. That was a ton of fun to watch. The action was great. Swayze's just killing it. Sam Elliott, obviously, as we talked about. Um, just everything about that. Uh, the Him, like, you know, waking up in the barn or whatever, and then, like, having the throwdown in the barn when, like, the people come looking for him, and just everything, everything about it was, was just fun, start to finish. I didn't really know anything going into it other than the the family guy effect of he does a lot of roundhouse kicks uh, <laughs> and wearing jeans. And that's pretty much all I know. Uh, and and even then, like something that I knew from a goofier context still absolutely lands and is just a ton of fun. I think the three that I have at the top are all just like good, fun romps that you can easily just throw on on a rainy day and just absolutely be... Uh, tickled pink at the <laughs> right. at how much fun you're about to have uh, like I think if I put on my top three as a marathon on a rainy day I'd call it the best day ever like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's this this one is, is right up there that, this was a lot of fun yeah but all, all good things great movie uh, just reminds me of playing like side scroller beat em up games mm-hmm. like that you would see like at an arcade a bowling alley yeah, like or Streets like of that. Rage or... Streets of Rage or something where you just go into one of these divey uh, fucking blues bars with the cage around the band and everything and beer bottles are flying and Patrick Swayze is great don't have a lot of exposure to him got two great gems out of him with Point Break in this uh, and all his shit at the barn that he's staying at that bedroom or whatever Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's right across the pond or river from, like, the, the villain <laughs> yeah, of the movie, the which is fucking... Conveniently Conveniently awesome. there. Uh, uh, Sam Elliott, great. Without the... Mu- he doesn't even have a mustache in this no one. No mustache. Free mustache. Yeah. Looks great. Uh, so I'm handsome. probably underselling that. You are very handsome. He's very handsome in this. Um, it takes... Yeah. A- you have to be very handsome to pull off that greasy. Right. And I am happy because I think at the beginning when the movie started, we started at some sort of Miami club, and I was starting to feel disappointed because I wanted mm-hmm. a roadhouse. You wanted a divey southern. Yeah. yeah. And I was super relieved when I got exactly what I was looking for, which is just this rundown, screaming for John Tapper to fucking come through and <laughs> fix things up. But yeah, yeah, got what I wanted, denim and all. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. Before this show, you know, I want to go to the Double Deuce. Mm-hmm. I want to live in Roadhouse, the movie. I love Patrick Swayze. I love that he does Tai Chi. I love his management style. And best yet, we have not gotten that remake they keep threatening to do. So it can just it live on not. its own. <laughs> just let it be. Yeah. Let it be. I'm pretty sure I got greenlit. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, yeah, but it, it's been greenlit like four different times. So Any... We'll see. Stay away, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fine, because maybe that will mean that other people will see yes. Roadhouse. I, I'm not going to gatekeep this movie. I think everyone should see it. Young and old. <laughs> big and small. It's got something for Man everybody. and woman. Something for everyone. 
Nice. Uh, have we covered all of your top five? Right, Johnny, we got all yeah, of your top five? Yeah, we got all of mine, Yeah, we covered a lot, like, a lot that was mentioned, like King Kong, Poseidon Adventure, Thief were, like, on my short list. But one other that I wanted to mention was The Third Man. Mm. I, I did really, really like The Third Man. Third that Man. was good. Just... A really good-looking movie, great performances. Good mystery. Good mystery. Yeah, good mystery. The, the tunnel chase yes. is great. The monologue we talked about was mm-hmm. great. Even just be, like, it let's being, get on the Ferris wheel. Right. But also seeing, like, an international noir where it was, like, set not in, like, L.A. or mm-hmm. New York or Chicago, where you would see sort of, like, steam coming out of some sort of greater taxi cabs or whatever i mean it was it was refreshing to see it and i think the only caveat that i had with it just because i'm I, it's so synonymous with me with noir movies is that classic noir soundtrack with the the horns and everything like that i know it's like well whatever it's so typical but for me it's like i don't give a fuck like just inject it in my veins mm-hmm. but here we had some sort of the zither yeah the zither yeah yeah <laughs> so wasn't a huge fan of that element of the movie but i think everything else really uh it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I, I loved all of Noir November. That was the perfect kickoff for that because it gave us everything that we wanted out of a Noir movie, save for the stereotypical soundtrack. Uh, but it also threw us into a completely different area so we could watch it kind of separately from the other things we were about to, to watch for Noir November. Um, and so it was like the perfect starter thing to like, all right, let's get in the mood. Let's get ready for this. We had just come off spooky season, and to to launch right into that was just was absolutely perfect. I really dug that uh, as well. So excellent, excellent choice for your top five. Anything else? From yes, you, Adam. I, I overlapped with none of you except Ooh. for the Poseidon Adventure. I think that maybe I that was on somebody else's, but um, I'll just lump these two in just because I know we've gone a little long, and they're both kind of similar. I, I, I flip flop back and forth on them, uh, but number two I had his Point Break. I mm. loved Point Break. I said at the time, this is the perfect summer at the beach house and you can't go outside. Tape. It's a summer movie. The heist is great. The action's great. Every character is awesome. Even the side characters like Busey's great in this before he went full nut. Uh, full nut. <laughs> full nut. Yeah. Um, Keanu's great. Swayze again is great. Um, you know, he's two of my top three. Uh, so I, I absolutely loved Point Break. Uh, and then my number one, which we've talked about as well here on this episode, uh, was The Fugitive. I came away absolutely blown away by that movie. It was so much fun. The action was great. The mystery was great. I cared about who actually was the one who killed his wife and why. Like the whole stare down at the end where uh, Joe Pants gets hit in the face with the, the cross beam. Like, Everything in that movie just had me on the edge of my seat, both of them, honestly. So those are my top two, and I, I absolutely loved both of them. It was pleasantly surprised coming away because I don't think either of them are listed as the top of either star's respective filmographies. Sure. Like You wouldn't put Point Break as Keanu's best movie. Um, you'd probably say The Matrix or Bill and Ted or something else. And you, I don't think you'd put The Fugitive necessarily as Harrison Ford's best movie, but... I, I absolutely loved both of them uh, and was pleasantly surprised by both. Even though I knew they were popular, I didn't realize how much I was going to, to take away like loving them. Point Break was also on my 
my short list of things I really loved. Um, it came at a, an interesting time. Like I literally had just done robbery training at, oh, the, yeah, bank. at the bank. Yeah. And I was like, Hmm, how interesting. Mm-hmm. But all of the, you know, action sequences, like whether they're robbing a bank or jumping out of a plane mm-hmm. or surfing, phenomenal. Great performances from Swayze and Keanu. The multiple raids that they do are great. Like when they raid the house and they think they've got him, but they don't. Like it's all just all great. It's stuff. great. And it's great to see it before, like, because this predates like Fast and the Furious for like a decade. And this mm-hmm. is basically Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. 100%. I said that as much in the yeah. after part. I was like, I can't believe I didn't know that this is proto Fast and Furious. Basically. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It knows it's ridiculous. Like, of course, let's go from point A to point B by falling out of the sky. Because mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. yeah. It'll make for a cool sequence. Yeah, of course. And the trailer will be dope as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything, I agree with everything you say about the movie. It just, it's a bunch of fun. Um, and again, that moment will be in my head for the rest of my life. Yeah. Part of the, re- that moment is part of the reason why it's up here, but... <laughs> I also think that that, mo- that moment wouldn't have been anything if the movie preceding it wasn't so good. Well, yeah, because we cared so much about what was going on. Correct. It was just like the tape just went out. It was just it was yeah. coming to a head of what was happening, and he was going to figure out who this person was. And I cared no matter what happened, whether somebody got shot, nobody got shot, both of them got shot, each other figured out, like, Bodie figured out Keanu was the cop. Like, no matter what happened in that moment, I was invested in figuring it out. And that's why the tape breaking was so impactful is because I really loved the movie up until that point. And I was so invested that even when we had to switch formats and fast forward to get back to that point, I it didn't break me from enjoying the second half of the movie or the latter third or whatever, wherever the break was. Yeah. Because that easily could have been like, okay, now I got to restart and I'm, I'm kind of taken out of it. We, we think we took a bathroom break, like... That could break the immersion and ruin the rest of it, and it didn't, because I was so enthralled with what I was being presented that I was able to just carry right through to the end, even with that happening. Right. I'm also very glad you liked The Fugitive. Yes, yes. very much so. That was the first, like, that was the first movie that we watched where I was like, I gotta find the tape. Like, I, I'm trying to find all of the tapes for all of the movies we watched, but that was the first one. I was like, I fucking need to have this tape because I need to throw this on at like. At any random moment that I want to watch it. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, I need to have this. Yeah. In every format. Yeah. Like, I bought Always it digitally to like for us to watch it. I think it was, like, cheap or whatever, so I bought it digitally in the moment. Uh, and so, like, I have it, but I was like, no, I need to have this as part of my sure. collection. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need it. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you were on a mainstay at TNT or TBS, you had the fortunate ability to watch it every week if you wanted to, because mm. it was on all the fucking time, and if it was on and I was on the tube, you better believe I was watching at least 10 minutes of that fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a complete banger. It's just, I love all the evasive sequences of the movie. Uh, going into the hospital, uh, dr- shaving the face, eating the egg sandwich. Mm. It's like, give me that egg, inject that egg sandwich and like, I want that. And then just the, the sewer gray and the whole movie's in my head. I've just seen it that many times every single way he gets away. Tommy Lee Jones is fan- fucking fantastic in it. We didn't talk about the costume corner of them dressing up in disguise to go raid that house. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that was fantastic. I love the tension when they go to raid the 
the landlords where he's staying, where Harrison Ford is staying, oh, yeah. where you think they're coming for him in the basement, but no, they're really going to the guy upstairs who like was an illegal immigrant or a sex trafficker or a drug dealer or something. So, yeah. Um, and it's so, like the tension there is amazing. Like everything, just every scene works so well. All of the different tension filled moments, Tommy Lee Jones's quips and one liners just. Yeah. Even the beginning when the bus like flips over, just like, and that we're talking like, five minutes into the running time of the movie mm-hmm. and that bus is flipped and he's jumping off of it. So just, uh, just a fun fucking movie, but yeah, good pick. Yeah. Great picks all around. I think we no no one really disagreed with anybody's top five. Yeah. Uh, and even the bottom five, if, even if they were movies we love, we still totally get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, that's fine. So, uh, that is all of the different, uh, awards we have. And I know we've gone, uh, pretty long, much longer than I anticipated. So right. Um, but is there anything that you guys want to say as like a final wrap up? I mean, neither of you had done any podcasting before this show. And, uh, how did you guys feel about the show and any other, uh, last minute thoughts before we, uh, sign off one last time? Yeah, I would say, I, again, I'd not podcast before, and I think in the beginning, you had sort of helped us a little bit on how to sort of conduct ourselves, and what to say, and when to say it, and <laughs> when to shut the fuck up, and when it's your time to talk, um, but yeah, I think we naturally fell into it, and I think this was something that the two, all of us wanted to do uh, for a while, since mm-hmm. we, have, we, we love movies, and I think we've been friends for, you know, over a decade, I would say, at this point, and every opportunity we got together and talked it was a lot of times about movies and it would be the three of us at a party in the corner talking about it and everyone else talking about something else <laughs> so yeah i just glad that we found an avenue to uh do this and i don't think any of us saw this going as long as it did and it started with jaws and it just uh you know it was an idea that i don't think had any really legs i think at the beginning we were like let's just maybe try it out yeah and uh yeah, it's kind of insane that, you know, two years later, 100 episodes later, that it's coming to a close. But I think this is a good time to do it. Like Adam said, life sometimes gets in the way and things happen. All good things, though. I mean, All good things, all great things. Yeah. <laughs> I just I want to stress that, like, when I say life Oh, no, yeah, way, yeah. I don't want to say... These are good things. These are good things. Everybody's busy for all of the best reasons. <laughs> Correct. So um, I think that needs to be stressed. And to your point about us loving movies and getting together to watch movies peek behind the curtain that will still continue like we've talked about the show is ending but we still want to watch movies together and we don't want that to go away right um we're probably just going to treat it more like a book club than a podcast like so that'll allow us to get some of our shyer friends involved in our love of movies um and people who who also have really awesome busy lives that couldn't necessarily take the five hours out of their <laughs> out of their week to to come and pre-record and post-record and watch a movie so if you love hearing us talk about movies you you won't get to listen to that but uh just know that we will continue doing so and and loving it uh together as friends so yeah bridget how about you yeah no didn't have any podcasting experience but i do have years of having very strong opinions (laughs) (laughs) which is 90 percent of podcasting from what i know a lot of feelings. <laughs> Good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Funny and serious? serious. Yeah. Um, so very grateful that to have had this avenue to explore them. Um, but also just, you know, I've become so much closer with both of you through doing this. You know, it did 
feel like a little bit of a pipe dream every time we would like kind of get together and like talk about it. And then we did it and we just kept doing it and it just became so much more natural over time. Yeah. Um, I'm sad that this chapter is closing, but very happy to yeah. know we're going to keep watching movies. We'll keep watching movies. We'll keep getting together. We'll keep going to see movies in the theaters, sitting on couches, watching movies, revisiting some of these movies, hopefully. We're going to show someone that tape. <laughs> we have to. It's um, like the ring. Yeah, we, it's, it's like the fucking like ring. The good version? Like the good version, yeah. <laughs> good version. Or some disgusting yeah. lady doesn't crawl out a fucking tube. Yeah. But yeah, and listen, I don't think it's any spoiler, but years from now, well, this is not completely close. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, like, I think, Will, we will miss this. We'll probably come back at some point. We'll do a month of maybe a couple episodes, or we'll do something. But I think for this longer stretch, I think it's probably done but we'll see the sort of natural progression of this but i think this is a good chapter close yeah 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 i think we we got a lot of what we wanted to see trust me there's still a very long list of movies that we when we said we'll add it to the list we did so we still have a very long list there's uh, probably like another hundred movies guys i yeah I, uh, I, I hate to say that we lied to you at the start we have not seen every movie um, and we'll continue, <laughs> continue to try and just expand because, like, this whole thing started because somebody one time said to me, like, you haven't seen this and, like, lost their shit. And I was like, no, I'm sure it's fine, though. Like, it's, yeah. you know, but, like, it's, it's, it's really cool to show somebody a movie that you're passionate about, that you care a lot about, that you just want them to be not necessarily on your level with their love for it because, like, how often is that going to match? Sure. Um, but it's it's just really cool to show your friend something that, that you care about and either like and get to either watch their reaction and watch them love it too, or watch them kind of hate it and just you getting ready for that like awkward yet albeit really fun conversation to have afterwards of like, so how was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I think I think even though a lot of these movies like we loved and some of us didn't love them. Uh, none of this, like at no point did any of our conversations go the way of, I just can't talk to you about this anymore because you hate it and you're wrong. Right. Like we all were like, yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from at the very least, or it's not for me, but I get why people like it. Um, and so just having that, getting to have that discussion of we, I love this movie or, Oh no, I've never seen this movie, but everybody tells me it's good. Like, what better time to watch it than now? Like, I'm never going to choose to go watch Black Christmas on my own, but thank God somebody told me to watch it. Sure. And actually had an outlet for me to do that rather than being like, okay, come over to my house tomorrow, you're watching Black Christmas, because then it feels forced as opposed to this felt more lax in a way that I think allowed for more fun to come out of it and better opinions than otherwise if someone was like, sit down, watch this movie, uh, which like has happened where people be like, sit, watch my favorite movie. You're like, Oh, I don't want to. I'm not in the mood for this type of movie. Like at least we could plan a week in advance to be like, all right, I have to get ready to watch child's play, even though I don't like horror movies. You know, right. like I have to get ready for this rom-com, even though I just watched Sleepless in Seattle. And boy, it was that bad. I'll watch Moonstruck too, I guess. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it gives you a chance to like get ready for things as opposed to, uh, how sometimes people like to show their favorite movies. Um, and I think it was good that we had a group to where if something was bad, it could be bad together for yeah. all of us. Or 
if I really hated a movie that was, say, Bridget's favorite, Johnny might be middle of the road on it and we can kind of have a real well-rounded discussion. Because I think even when somebody came away hating it, at least one other person might have been middle of the road. Like, there was never really a gang up of, like, I can't believe you hated this. We both love it. Right. Um, so I think that worked out really well. I applaud you guys for how quickly you took to this. Most people, like, I'm not going to say it's hard, like it's talking into a microphone, but that's really hard for a lot of people. And uh, and I think we did a really good job transitioning to doing remote for when we needed to, mm, yeah. um, which was something that I hadn't really done a ton of before the pandemic, obviously. Um, and even during the pandemic, like when I was doing the games cast still, John lived in the house with me. So we just still did it together in the room. Um, so even that was not remote. Um, so our the troubleshooting we had to do sometimes over Skype and cats eating through microphone cords and you don't realize it until <laughs> the day of or, you know, someone's in the wrong room or facing the wrong wall. So yeah. it sounds wonky. Just Your husband has taken your work laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to And you text else. him and say, where's my laptop? <laughs> and he says, in my backpack. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> Which is still at work. Um, So, yeah, I I had an absolute blast doing this. Uh, I thank you both for coming on and doing this with me. And I'm glad that we were able, like I said, I'm glad we were able to all do it together. Uh, I want to thank Josh and Zach and Eddie and John and Carrie and... Brian. Brian (laughs) for multiple fill-ins. He was a real hero when, when we had to... The fill, fill a seat at last minute or just have a guest that wanted to do something outside the box. All of those people that came on, I really appreciate you guys uh, contributing to the show. Uh, we wouldn't have had as much fun without you, I don't think. Uh, anybody who's listened to a minute, a second, an hour, an episode, five episodes, a hundred episodes, thank you so much. Uh, it really means a lot, especially if you gave any feedback, hit us up online, told any friends about it, uh, told everyone you know about it. Anybody that listened to a single episode, a single second, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Like Johnny said, it's it's goodbye for now, at least. I don't, I don't know what will become of the Broken Clocks podcast at this point, but the archive of the Gamescast is still available to listen to. Uh, every episode of this show is still up for at least... A little while. Uh, I don't know when I might re-up. <laughs> when, I need to, <laughs> when I need to re-up the subscription to keep them all live and online. But um, they are still there. You can go back and listen to any old episodes. If anything in the news pops up, uh, I'll be sure to like you know tweet again about an episode. Like, hey, this just happened. Why don't you listen to what we thought about this other one? So you can still find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Let us know what some of your favorite movies that you shown to a friend were. You know, anything where you couldn't believe somebody saw it and you finally got to show it to them. What was that experience like? Uh, what were some of your favorite episodes, some of your favorite moments? Uh, we'll put the superlative categories on there, too, if you guys want to throw out anything that, that you enjoyed. But, again, appreciate every single person who liked, followed, told somebody, and ultimately just listened to us have fun and watch movies, which was all we really wanted to get out of it. We so much appreciate that. And even if we do the the more book club style of hanging out as friends and watching movies. Uh, I'm sure that I'll be tweeting about, you know, whatever, whatever we did that night uh, in terms of hilarious things. You could just uh, take notes things. and tweet, tweet. Yeah. 
Um, so Your bullet points. <laughs> there'll be some. There'll be some kind of uh, engagement with with regards to that. But yeah, it's it's sad, but it's it's happy because of all the fun things that we're about to embark on in our own personal <laughs> lives. Um, so I, I'm excited that we got to do it. I'm sad that it's time, but it it felt like time and. With some time, it, we may go back to, to version two and come back and watch some new stuff or catch you up on what sequels we finally got around to for the movies that we enjoyed. But that will do it for this week's episode and for all episodes of Fine, I'll Watch It. Uh, as I said, you can still find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But for one final time for Fine, I'll Watch It. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thank you so much for listening.